and uh, welcome to another episode of Burning Bridges with Bridgeburner, and I'm your host, Bridgeburner. Today we have um, what can who can only be described, I think, as a stalwart of the Doom community, uh, Mr. Matt Tropiano, otherwise known as M. Drop. Oh. How are you doing? Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome in, and uh, surprise special guest, uh, Ty uh, the Motherlode, has uh, jumped in to join us, and um, heckle from the uh, the gallery, uh, much like the um, two old men in the Muppets. I'm so glad I caught this. <laughs> I was just I was just browsing like who's online right now, and then I saw your both of your icons pop up in the chat. I was like, "What, Matt? Fuck! Like, I gotta be there." Gotta... Yeah, Which one are you, Statler or Waldorf? <laughs> yeah. like the <laughs> you know what's the best thing about this interview? What's that? It's almost over. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad impersonation. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, you know, Matt, you've um, uh, been a part of the Doom community and creating content for it for a fucking long time. Um, earliest uh, credit I could find was 1998. I was, or I, it's, um, so I guess officially, um, I made, uh, I released something onto, uh, AOL's file servers way back when, around like 1996. Bloody hell. I mean, the fact that AOL existed is the dates it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, really. And, uh, that, uh, and I mean, I think I released something before that, but it was like kind of like a joint effort between me and a friend. And I was just like, okay, I'll just make the maps and then we'll put this on there. But like, I'd say like, uh, first release in earnest was around like yeah august of 1996 so wow the, that marks so like this previous august marks about yeah 25 years right. of me doing stuff for doom which is it's uh 25 years to be doing anything is a is a little too long it's it's it's, it's really really long to that's a huge uh, do things in huge effort um and it's not like because like you know i can say i started you know uh, making do maps in 2003 or whatever it was, but there's been like huge gaps where I've like I've dabbled for a year, then go to get distracted by Diablo 2, and then make maps for another year or two, and then get distracted by Path of Exile for, for seven years or whatever. Whereas yeah, you've Diablo been like, Diablo 2 was my yeah, it was my downfall too. <laughs> yeah. like, it was just it was a lot of Diablo 2. Like I probably uh, yeah the same amount of playing Diablo 2 as I did Doom. Mm. Um, it's very good game. And like yeah, that was definitely a. a decent chunk of time yeah that. but even with that you've actually managed to like i don't think there's been a year that you haven't actually released something whether it's a map or a, a, a code pack and or some sort of tool so like uh, uh, just looking at your your wiki page and just the consistency bang 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 things are coming out uh, what, I, I, what what's kept yeah, you involved in that. doom like what is there something specific um that you think's kind of kept you kept you interested uh all this time well i mean the thing that's I think the thing that started it was um, I've always wanted to, like, make maps for stuff and, like, my own levels or whatever for whatever games were out or or what have you because, like, I've always been, like, that kid who was just like, oh, that's a fun video game. I want to, like, draw in notebooks, like, designs of, like, you know, maps mm. and stages and, and what have you. And um, I gravitated towards games that had those tools uh, either built in or or um available in some way so yep. but if it if uh you know there really was not very much internet at all uh <laughs> when i was like uh playing like a lot of like early games so uh i gravitated towards games like load runner or jetpack or anything that had like a built-in level mm-hmm. editor with them and then i and then i would just like make my own stuff and uh just be like oh my god i can make stuff mm. and then and then when doom came around 
Um, and then I finally had a computer that could run Doom, uh, <laughs> which was like around 1994-ish. Um, there was already like people making stuff for it, and then there was like already like some really basic utilities. Mm. And uh, I, the book I I bought on it was called um, The Doom Hacker's Guide, uh, written by uh, Hank Lukert. I think it goes under goes by a, a different name now, like the, the Hacker's Guide to Doom or something like that. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it had like a title change at some point. So it's uh but it came with a CD full of like mm. editors and and sample stuff from like around the internet that other people have made and uh that was kind of like my first foray into making stuff for Doom. And um then when uh, uh a, a friend of mine got an internet connection, we found better tools and um uh, we started making stuff in that as well, and I just kind of continued on. And uh, at at some point, I did move on to like say, build, and then Quake Engine stuff. But um, uh, but like it was kind of like uh, pushing what my computer could mm. uh, feasibly do. And then even even when I was like tinkering with Quake and stuff, I I was like kind of like okay, I'm making things, but not making like really really good things. Yeah, because um, I was going to have. Um, well, question I had, like that popped up was like, has anything else tempted you to to make you know in terms of particularly FPS and you know you said Quake and build? It, you say like yeah, Quake you weren't making interesting. Like what what pulls you back to Doom? Because uh, you, you, you've you've stepped out of the the Doom sphere and then you, you know, you've always kind of like been yanked um, back into I it. I think the fact I think the fact that like at some point um, when. I mean, like, I still, like, was, like, in the Doom sphere when, like, Boom came out and you had, like, all those additional stuff in the engine. But, like, I still kind of, like, yeah, moved moved on to, like, Quake or whatever. But then uh, what pulled me back was uh, playing um, this one uh, small, like, hub map set called, uh, or I think it was, I think it was maybe, like, one map with several things. Anyway, it was called uh, Void by uh, right. uh, Mike Watson, Cybe. Uh, and I was just like, holy shit, like, Doom's really, like, kind of, like, expanded. Like, now you can, like, uh, they've incorporated stuff from, like, Heretic and Hexen mm-hmm. and stuff and, and, and other stuff. And, like I, like, I can't believe things have gotten to this point. And then, like, as I said, if you've seen the talk, I was just like, oh, man, I maybe I should jump back in. Because, like, I was like, <laughs> At least new toys. I, the, the, <laughs> yeah, there's, like, new, to- well, there's new toys and maybe, maybe I can, like, you know, go back to something that I thought I was okay and like mm-hmm. and not like like uh i mean quake quake was still fun but i don't think like any of my maps were like um the caliber of like what other like really really talented level designers could do but i was just like i don't know so like i mean i was the uh, doom i still felt like i was like confident in confidence uh, enough it's yeah. like yeah it's like just like the the knowledge that i had in it and I think, then, um, um even with those old yeah. editors and back then like there's a doom has still and still to this day has like the lowest barrier for entry, I think, for for editing. It's oh yeah, because like I mean, at this point, we have enough like engines and and tools that will allow you to make something really good, like in a in a linearly scaled time. Like mm. where, whereas like in Quake, you still have to kind of like, um, you know, you're you're fumbling around in like three D space, but then you also have to like compile the map and and like there's like there's like some waiting involved in. I mean like probably like less so these days as, as things got like, you know, more efficient and processing got like way better. Mm. But like, um, you, you still have like that, uh, yeah, you have, you have that, like that start to 
something I can play with mm. uh, time very, very short with Doom. And uh, that's that's probably like one of its greatest strengths. Yep. And, right. and you can literally draw a box in a few draw a box in a few seconds, put a player start down, and you've got a playable space. Like literally yeah. thirty seconds, you can you can spit it out. Whereas you know, yeah, even even Quake with its new tools, you still got to define each wall, each brush. You have to build it physically. Whereas the way that Doom works, you just draw the box, automatically populates it with a height, textures it all for you, playable space. Um, and yeah, I mean it, like. Yeah, people just don't want, like, I mean, the, the barrier to entry is, like, yeah, as we said, it's, like, very small for Doom, but it's, like, people, like, I mean, as uh, as, as people get, like, a little bit more impatient with, like, <laughs> uh, like making stuff these days, or, like, have the, the instant gratification thing is now a, a little bit more of a thing with, with, like, everything, you know, just at our fingertips mm -hmm. constantly, Doom still fulfills that, like, that, um, that need for, it's, like, I've made something. And, and I can it's, see it it's right pretty now, easy to make know? something that you can experience <laughs> right, right right when I made it, and yeah, like yeah. and then the and then it's just really good that the uh, the more time you spend doing stuff in Doom, the better things hopefully can get because like it, it's it's not like you're uh, and then and then like you know the it's 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 weird that people can like kind of like feel the effort that's put into. Mm. Like the dooms, like doom stuff, or like, or like, like anything creative wise. Like it, it, it's, it's like if you, uh, I don't know, I'm kind of going off track here. But like <laughs> if you, if, if uh, it's, it's just dooms kind of hit that like optimum uh, level of uh, putting putting time into something and reaping some yeah. benefit of that time spent. And I think also like adjacent to that, it's not just like time in in, a, in an absolute sense for this 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 product took x hours to make and you can kind of track that i think there's also with the doom editing um uh, software particularly these days is there's a fairly linear relationship between skill and time spent as well like the more time you spend mapping you will get better at it um in a, in a oh, yeah. fairly predictable way if you do it on a regular basis i think that's quite quite important for people as well because they not only do they get their instant gratification of i made this thing they get that quite quick gratification of i'm getting better at it too um you know I oh, think yeah. anyone who's learned an instrument and trying to master a new technique and you're just bashing your head against the wall and not making any progress knows how frustrating it is to be putting time into something and not getting skill gains um whereas doom there's always something you can experiment with you can learn how to use new actions you can you know play with new concepts and um, because there's so much stuff being made you can you know take ideas from other places and it's, it's a constant source of inspiration so I, th I feel like that's a big strength of like why um, you see, even now, so many people coming to it and just and sticking with it. Um, it's fantastic. Um, so, obviously, you started back in the Dark Ages making maps. Um, and I'd say that, you know, uh, while I haven't played a huge amount of your work, I have actually played some of it, and, and some of it not knowing. Uh, particularly uh, the Plutonia. Great, well, this has been fun. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> Plutonia, was it Plutonia Revisited Community Project? Um, uh, have you yeah, I think that was like kind of like when I... I uh, not like re-entered the space. I think that was about like 2006. Mm -hmm. But then like, but then like people are less like, oh crap, Matt's still making stuff. Maybe, uh, maybe. Uh, and then there was like after after that was like Community Chess Three, and like mm -hmm. I made three maps for that. And people were like, oh crap, maybe we should ask. Uh, we should have like more projects. And then like, hey, does Matt want to also work on Back to Saturn X? Mm -hmm. That sort of thing. <laughs> so then like there was, um, yeah, it, it became like. I don't know. Uh, one thing I like to tell people is um, because it's true is like uh, success happens exponentially. 
Like, like as soon as like it's like okay, I've made this like little gain. Then like if you if you uh, you know catch the right eyeballs, mm. then um, more opportunities happen. And then like you know, uh, hopefully you can afford to pick and choose where you go next. Mm. And then, but then like you know, it's, uh, if if you do hit that like point where where people notice, then it could like expand really really quickly. Mm. And um, and that's kind of, kind of like what happened. I I feel around like the. 2011 uh but like it, i I'm, I'm still like you know i still do this for fun mm. so it's not like i'm losing anything by saying nah maybe not this project yeah, yeah, so yeah. but it's a uh, it, it's it was it was an interesting shift um i'd say in in um me like getting back into the swing of making stuff uh for doom yeah because so hopefully uh, that didn't sound too like <laughs> egotistical it's like oh people are taking notice but it's like but i mean it's, it's kind of like you put your work out there, and people will just be like, "Oh man, this person—they're—they've got something. I—I I want that for my project." And whatever. yeah, yeah, so. but I think it's important to realize, like, um, you know, those that kind of notice me, senpai moment. Um, yes, I said that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was what I—you know—more than a decade in for you, you know, in terms of uh, making content. So it's not like it happened straight away. You know, there wasn't a lucky break. I wouldn't say. It, it, you know, there's always a bit of luck involved in those kind of events, but. Um, there was certainly um, plenty of hard work that went in before it. Um, so I think, um, uh, like, you know, I'd say that your style is, is pretty classic, pretty classical Doom mapping. Um, yeah. And I think that's a ref- big part of that's because you started back when, way back in the beginning, and, you know, um, uh, you, know you, you can only be influenced by so much when the game's only been out for a couple of years. Um, but would you say your style's changed much over time? Um, is, still, kind of stick to the core. Have you experimented much with with different designs and, and you know encounter concepts and all that, or you kind of stick to your knitting, as it were? Um, I, I'd say like yeah, my style definitely changed. Like and even like my influences, because like as <laughs> people are, you know, as 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 people like enter into the community and I, I play some of their stuff as well. Like I'm, I'm just like, Oh my God, why can't I, why can't I do what they do? Every mapper and, thinks that every mapper thinks that. <laughs> yeah. Every, I mean, even people have been like, they've been like doing it for a long time. So it's just, but like, you know, you get in your head a lot about like, uh, it's like, Oh man, Oh man, that looks so, so cool. I wish I, I wish I could like, you know, the knew how to do that or figured out how to like, kind of like incorporate that sort of like style in my work. But then mm. like, I mean, even early on, I think my my early influences were probably like um, these are some old names: uh, Bjorn Hermans, uh, Holger Nathrath, um, uh, uh, Doctor Sleep. Um, yeah, I have no idea who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's, like Ian McGregor in the like I mean, like but the, but these were like uh, some uh, uh, Doom greats uh, way back when. Um, Ika Kiranen, um, who like now has like uh, I think still maybe works for Valve. I don't know. Um, but like the Dario Casali as well. Like I, I mean the but like at the at the time like there were there were definitely it, it, like a lot of my style came from like things I played and enjoyed. Yep. So like uh, so like a lot of my style was imitations of their style. And then eventually I figured, I figured out like, oh, if, if, uh, you know, you can never really truly imitate another person's work. Like there'll still be your design sensibilities in there anyway. So it, what naturally happens is, uh, you in, in like a very, like kind of like a genetic way, you're, you're, uh, you're taking what you like from all those works and mm. then adding 
your ability to do that and then that kind of creates your style initially and then when you become more confident in your skills you start um you start uh, 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 crafting you know what what your uh what your um aesthetic sensibilities mm-hmm. are and um even and even even so the uh, other people that are the they're like the fresh blood to the community uh will also influence your work in mm. kind. Like, I don't think there's like a single person now that can say that Eric Alm didn't influence them in any way. Uh, and that and that came about, and Eric uh, kind of like was around since like early 2000s and then uh, to mid 2000s and, or like throughout like the, the noughts. Mm. Uh, the, and, and a lot of people after what I call the, the post-Almian era, uh, <laughs> people have... People have imitated Eric's work uh, because they like that heavily, like orthogonal and geometric style, and then um, that, and and then like you know the the, the slaughter mappy stuff in Scythe Two, mm. and um, the, the, a lot of a lot of his work, um, probably around yeah the the Scythe Two era was was uh, was like the greatest influence, and I mean for sure for sure it, it, um. uh, it influenced my work. You could see it in like other mappers like. Uh, skill saw, um, uh, AD. And Dragonfly's um, a big always talks about Eric Arm's influence on his Dragonfly. work. Dragonfly, um, but yeah, even like, so like um, you know, someone like myself, I would, I would like you say, you, no one, there's no one that hasn't been influenced. I'm like eh, me, maybe. And then I was like, actually, no, Scythe Two, like Templar Gaia. The first time I played that map, just all that G stone, you know, lovingly crafted in this big, huge, you know, slaughter arena kind of setup. That that's a map that stuck with me ever since I first played it, you know, 15 years ago or whatever. Um, so you know, even someone like myself, who's it's not obvious skill. Uh, sorry, um, no obvious Ericam kind of influence in my work. It's definitely there. <laughs> yeah, even when you don't know it, mm. like uh, even up through yeah. uh, like other mappers that have been influenced by him. So mm. it's uh, <laughs> and like and like even before Ericam or like even around the same time, uh, Esarepo uh, Espy, um, mm. like the with the material design and using like textures as like um, kind of like. Uh, like you know, like bas-reliefing walls and stuff in 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 terms of like just structure because like we now had like enhanced versions of the Doom engine where we didn't have to care about like you know this plane mm. limits or or seg limits or any other like kind of like technological um, limits baked into the engine just so it could you know it had to run on older systems but like yeah. now it's like you know sky's the limit um, and uh, methodologies have been nope. better in terms nope. of there are still limits like keep I keep I keep finding them. Ty, did you have something to say? Well, good. there's like, I didn't want to interrupt no, right. you. Too. You're doing so great, but um, <laughs> the the idea of being influenced by someone is not, as you said already. So that's kind of where I was like, oh, never mind, I'll shut up. Is a lineage, right? So like, mm. you you don't know that you got certain traits from your great 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 grandfather, but because they were passed down to you through your lineage, you do share them. Yeah. Um, and a good example of that is like, you know, you play a map. And you're like, this is fantastic. And you're like, I'm influenced by the guy who made this map, but he was influenced by a dozen other people. Mm, and it's yeah. just like when you you, know, you listen to like music and you're like, uh, oh my God, I love when Metallica does this like chugging thing that was new when people first heard uh, Seek and Destroy, for instance. But you'll ask them like, where did you get that from? Mm. And they're like, well, we got it from Into the Void by Black Sabbath. Yeah. And you're like, well, Sabbath, where'd you guys get that from? And it's some obscure jazz song that no one ever heard. Like, yeah, exactly. It, it, always goes, it always goes back to jazz. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, there's, uh, it's, yeah, we, I mean, the, when people say we stand on the shoulders of giants, mm. I mean, it's, mm. it's, it's, 
it's true. And like I, even like with like not non Doom stuff, like say um like even with like my programming projects or whatever, I was I felt like one of my um, influences was, or at least at least one person that was just like, oh my god, the, his work's pretty good. Uh, was um, uh, I hope I hope I'm getting his name right. Uh, Walter uh, von Ortmersen. Um, Ortmersen? Yeah, uh, it's um, uh, Art Apple, or Art Apple, however it's sounds pronounced Dutch. in Dutch. <laughs> yeah, it it sounds very Dutch. Uh, uh, Art Apple is like what potato? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so, but he but he's been he made Wad C and um, a couple of other um, like hobbyist uh, languages and uh, projects and uh, that sort of thing. Um, I remember I remember when I made like the first incarnation of like that uh, Java library mm. for like uh, Doom stuff. I emailed him about it and I was just like, "What uh, I need I need it's hard to like critique an API. Can you give me any guidance?" <laughs> yeah. And I like one of his. And one of the things he said that stuck with me was a library is only as useful as the programs that use it. Mm. So, like, it's hard to judge how useful a a tool is without something using that mm. tool. Or, like, or like it's hard to it's hard to, like, um, judge the the worth of or, or even efficacy of, like, something that facilitates something without something calling that mm, as well. Uh, well so like it, when you I was gonna say it's yeah, like, so analogous to, to science, like you don't like researchers don't know when they're you know fucking around with some microbe or conducting some physics experiment. They don't know what use that's gonna have in the future. Um yeah. <laughs> we're so just gonna like, do it. So fuck like, around and find out. Yeah we just we just discovered this knowledge. Um or like even like yeah when you when you get out of like military contracts or whatever, it's like we've figured out how to launch this thing halfway across the world and it's like can we like figure out shipping? Maybe can we, yeah. like how do we ship things from across the world? Yeah. Maybe we could use that like super cannon that they made. Yeah. I mean, like any any kind of like, I mean, there there are going to yeah, be like Amazon some cannon. like you know ethical, not so ethical uses of like the knowledge that we discover as a as a species or develop. But then like there's, but yeah, like it, it all depends on like how it's used. And for something like software, uh, you know, you can make some some things that like make some other people's jobs easier but without without some kind of like demonstration or mm. without something that is like oh I, uh, I, th th this enables me to do this cool thing um i guess the thing that it calls helps with that sort of thing so like uh yeah you kind of like, like a, a use a use case example to show people like yeah. this is the kind of thing you can do with this oh so that's when i started yeah writing utilities and whatever because like it used that library and then i improved the library later and then i made you know the uh, uh, doom tools mm. like that whole like tool chain for like making stuff which is like slowly people are acclimating to or like uh like figuring out um i uh what what really needs to happen is uh more projects need to be released and just be like hey it was this thing really mm. helped me out and then um and i'm i mean i make tools so that i can do some things easier but mm. like if if you document them well and and um make them accessible to people that aren't myself mm. then you uh you other people can use it and, yeah, it's, uh, and uh, yeah some and it's it's kind of slowly catching on which is like really cool to see yeah because i didn't want to talk to you a bit about your your coding work because well, i bet it's not something that i'm particularly au fait with uh, i am not a coder um uh and, but yeah it's obviously something you're passionate about and i was going to ask you like how did you get into it and like as you said you wrote a library and then like i don't make some tools for this now and but like do you have a professional interest like is there is, is there something else in there or is it just something that you just kind of got involved in and enjoyed uh, 
I th- I mean I I I've been programming since I was like like really young, but like not in any like kind of like major capacity. Like I was I was like writing small programs, basic, and like games that involved you typing the right thing at a prompt. Mm. Um, so like not not like like a really really <laughs> shitty adventure game or a really really like weird like oh here's here's a pattern of symbols. What comes next? And you type in the next one yep. either good or game over. Yep. And uh, <laughs> and and then like eventually I just you know, figure out how to do, like, better things slowly, but um, a lot of that was still, like, you know, me just tinkering around with Doom because it was... So you're, you're a nerd. Make you're, something. Like, have something. You're a nerd. <laughs> sure, yeah, I mean, it's fair to we say... It's fair nerds. to say I'm, I'm quite a nerd. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, nerds are cool. Um, we like being nerds. Um, we'll nerd out, nerd out about some other stuff later. Um, but I... Knowing your coding background, because I, uh, I, did, I did notice uh, when I was uh, doing a lot of research on you, which I didn't know before that, uh, you've worked on MBF21. Uh, yeah, uh, as a, I would say not as a, um, like a design driver, but more of a, um, I, gu- I guess like, is, I guess my role on MBF21 was more of a, um, uh, since I'm going to be writing a utility that'll hopefully get people to make stuff in MBF 21 or the new the next like you know backported standards mm. um that are still would be accessible um to modders uh it was like kind of like made sense for you to be involved uh, from the ground up kind of thing i mean it, it, it my involvement i would say would be like I, i'm like a ballast like mm. if things start going off the rails it's like okay what can we feasibly implement <laughs> and what can like, i feasibly you're the, you're the fe- you're the feature creep alarm <laughs> i mean that's how i'm honestly that's how I, i'm treated in a lot of uh, that's an a lot of role. projects <laughs> like i mean uh, adventures in adventures of square i was like project coordinator yeah, and yeah. it's just like okay we have to take everybody's like ideas but then it's like what can we feasibly do mm. who can do it <laughs> at this at this uh point and and what have you and that is um and uh, I, I, the thing is, like, I don't, you don't ever want to say no, but then you don't, but then, like, I, I don't really have uh, a problem with saying no, especially since, like, uh, when I, when I'm like, okay, I've learned, I've learned that, like, when you go, oh, uh, this, this, this is a good idea, but mm. this may not work yeah. well with what we currently have mm. it doesn't mean it's a it's a bad idea it just means it may be something but that keep in mind work these, really well these connotations and this roll on effect <laughs> and yeah it has to integrate with this current feature and yeah um but one thing um because i do want to talk to you about square um and project management and that kind of stuff but um before mm. before we leap over there um curious one of the curiosities for me about mbf 21 um and, and just boom in general uh is is why now? Why? Why is this suddenly? Because it, it, apparently it only took a few months of work to get it to this point. Um, certainly not like years of work. Um, was there a catalyst for for this kicking off? Um, um, I don't know if there was like a, a particular. I don't know if there was like a particular thing, but I, I know that there's kind of been this um, this growing um, feeling that like uh, since like like I mean it's not it's not like. So I guess we're going into the burning bridges part of this podcast. <laughs> no, I, uh, uh, yeah, the, the one the one critique I had about burning bridges with bridge burner is uh, there seems to be more bridge building than burning, sir. It's an ironic name. A little bit of false false advertising. <laughs> Working our way up to it. Yeah, you got to build the bridge and then you burn it. You know. 
And then so at, the of the, at the end of the pod, so. at the end of the pod, no, I tell, like, you, tell you to fuck off when you're a cunt, and then that's the burden. <laughs> yeah, just alienate everybody. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, this is the opportunity to start. Yeah, uh, saying like I was never your friend. This is actually an episode uh, of Jeremy Kyle. Yeah. No, the I, I would say like there's like since like um the well, it, yeah Z Doom G Z Doom has been like a popular engine, but then like in order to do like it's really really advanced stuff, you like um. The proper way is like kind of like to learn like even like maybe a, no, a new scripting language or like yeah. a new a way of like modding things and like for some people that's still kind of that's still kind of like a, a that's the barrier to entry talk like the barrier is kind of like raising a bit a, a little bit in terms yeah Z like script has a, a as a bit of a barrier or at least perceived yeah. as one for sure yeah, yeah definitely like like if you if you're used to if you're used to decorate then you can still like. Um, or like you know, like the the actor definition language mm. that's in that's been in ZDoom from like you know like two thousand two, and like a better version was like two thousand four and five, and that's the version we know today. Mm. But um, uh, and ZScript kind of like you know adopts a lot of its the syntax and and, and language mm. for that, and but then like also adds on like a more like C like. Methods and also it taps into the source code a bit more. Um, but yeah, like um, a lot of like logic stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you do so <laughs> so that is a that's a when people are it's it's it may not be like one of those things where it's like oh it's hard to learn. It could also be like just it seems intimidating. I think it's it's a case of like where do I start with something like decorates relative yeah. is, is an easy one to like I'm just going to make an actor. I'm going to make a, a a torch or something like that. Whereas yeah. Zscript is like I know I can do all this wild stuff like in the engine or you know tapping deep into the code how what like I don't, like it's almost like you don't know what you can do so you don't know what to do um you just know that you can do it's, cool stuff <laughs> it's uh the i think the term uh is choice paralysis yes analysis like, paralysis you, you yeah paralysis by analysis yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah it's 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 like where it's like, uh, okay i want to make a new monster how do yeah. i do that and like there are there are like some tutorials out there but then the tutorial can only do so much in examples. So, like, you still ha- kind of have to. There's still that barrier mm-hmm. uh, to to entry, and especially if you're. I mean, you're not going to be confident in your early abilities to make something. So, mm-hmm. like, that just you know you get in your own head and stuff like that. But then, like, MBF twenty one, I think, came around about because it's like, oh, we could still use uh, dehacked to. Uh, put some of these like newer things in mm. here, like things that we thought was missing from from boom yep. in terms of mod ability and then just kind of like figure a way to uh, port it into uh, the boom engine or like its successor, like I guess DSDA doom uh, for like the mm. speed running and demo preservation, but also it's boom compatible. So that was like a, a good starting point, something modern yet not modern. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, the, uh, and then like, you know, uh, the, the other bit of the legwork was like, um, adding, uh, getting people on board that could easily port that to the later uh, source ports, like uh, lin- uh, lineagely, like uh, Eternity mm. or uh, Z Doom, GZ Doom, and, and stuff like that. So that uh, it, it's not it's not a new standard, but it is like kind of like bringing bringing the future to the past mm. in, in a in an amount that would be feasible for people to still create cool things, but with uh, that. A smaller barrier to entry and like um yeah, then you know you need tools to kind of like support that so 
I was I I when I was writing uh, so uh, Deco Hack the decorated hacked converter mm. type of type of deal. It still uses its own like special language, so it's not pure decorate. <laughs> you can't just like take decorate code and then put it in and expect it to work. No, it still it still is like you know has to work within the limits of say vanilla Doom or whatever kind of patch you're writing for it. But the um, but like then it's I, I, I was writing that because I wanted to make really really cool vanilla mods mm. and then um it, which may or may not had to uh, do uh, which may or not, uh, like the Unity port may may or may not have had something to do with that mm-hmm. uh, just to have something out there that would be compatible <laughs> with that but uh but it was still like oh I maybe I should just revisit vanilla because like you know it's still it's still it was explored but still unexplored in like really really like super amounts and. Um, so I, w- I was writing something that would make that easier, and then when MBF twenty one and all those other things like the oh the the extended um, things and states and whatever yeah. got added to Doom, I was just like oh that's easy to support. I could just add like another another supported type here, and then MBF twenty one came around, and I'm just like well I can add that in mm. as, as well, and then and like I mean so you have to have like utility writers on board, and then. Um, and then, like, uh, you know, it, it kind of was, like, that perfect storm of, like, how do we get... I wish I wish older Doom had these, mm. had these like, you know, features. And then and then people going, like, oh, we're already working on stuff that like, makes stuff yeah. like that easier. I'm yeah, definitely so then, jealous of the uh, block crawlers uh, flag. <laughs> um, kind of, I'm just, yeah. like, put it in GZ Doom now. Graph, damn it. <laughs> block <laughs> ground I mean, enemy like, flag. <laughs> But I mean, that's a, that's going to continue down its road, and mm. it's seeing success with how it is. Like I, I, I think I said at some at some point, like even like earlier today, I was like, uh, like GZ Doom is is, uh, it's it's a it, at this point, it's it's not a Doom engine. It's an engine that coincidentally runs Doom. I still think, like at its core, I mean, I'd, I'd say probably more so with like the stuff like Rays being added in. At its core, it is a Doom. Its primary purpose is to play Doom and Doom Watts. So yeah. I, I'd still call it a Doom engine, but you're you're correct because you can well you can see things that are getting released that aren't Doom, your Hedons and yeah. your Salakos and your Age of Hells and your Supplices. So still Doom like So there's definitely a there's a paradigm. Well, there's two there's two sides to that coin now for sure. And um, you're gonna with these games coming out over the next twelve to twenty four months or so. Perception will change quite heavily. It'll be interesting to see how that influences the GC Doom devs and what they like. Do they see those those games go? We we want to make more stuff that will help the, those modders, or do they stick with things that help Doom modders? Um, I mean, like, yeah, that's how like things happen. I guess if you're like making like tools and, and engines or whatever, like you're you're. What's your use case? You know, um, what, you know who's using the stuff the, and how do you make them happy? <laughs> yeah, I, well, yeah, but the the hardest thing if you're like making any kind of like utility or or. Any kind of tool for anybody is you're you're you want to see the thing the tool you're making be useful mm. to somebody, and then there'll always be like feedback on on like what like oh if if only we had this little thing that that would make this easier and and so on and so forth. But like you know you still have to like temper it with what can I feasibly mm. do with how I wrote things? Is this worth like rewriting this part in mm. order to support that? Does this change? The initial philosophy that I that I had with this project, or does this take it into a direction that like I, I already like kind of uh, disagreed with, and that's why I made this utility well, in the good, first a, place. A good example of that is with um, Ultimate Doom Builder. 
um, which is, you know, palatial editor, and Boris in particular does absolute sterling work doing those little changes and requests when I yell yep. at them. Um, but they took out they took out a bunch of functionality. They had a lot of various script editing options for um, for map info and decorate files and all that kind of stuff built in. But I was like, this is stepping away from our design philosophy. I actually cut those out because you can edit them in Notepad. Um, so it didn't yeah. need to be built in. And yeah, there's a bit of, there's a little bit of few complaints here and there but it's like i can understand why it's like no no we're gonna stick to what we do we're gonna be a really fucking good level editor if you want a text lump editor there's slade um you know for um decorate based stuff you can just yeah literally use notepad and um it was an interest obviously an interesting decision for the like just like now we're gonna we're gonna step back from those peripheral um utilities yeah it, it's uh i mean the what was i gonna say uh it, it, it's a. Uh... And yeah, at some point, at some point, your uh, your user base is going to have is, is has an influence on what where things should go next. And like they, they ultimately, people don't want to see what keeps people from moving from one tool to another. And I'm seeing this in my like real job uh, <laughs> is is that in order for people to um, in order for people to adopt a new tool or 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 something you have to like kind of assure them that their workflow is not changed too drastically and if people are used to doing things some way or using one tool one way to do something you have to kind of convince them somehow Mm. that uh this alternate way is better Mm. uh, or like or does things a lot more efficiently or enables them to offload that work to another group of people yeah. and then people just meet in the middle which frees them like, up to the time it takes to learn things the time it takes to learn this new workflow will then be saved back yeah. even more so once you master it after x hours um, yeah but then there's like not, there's a trade-off mm. there's like there's a you know something that we really liked about this old thing that is not present in the new one and you have to try to like convince yourself where people you see this in the military because they will literally just tell you by this date we all have moved to this new technology that we've all decided collectively without your input to purchase and sign a contract for and then it's just like get used to it okay. <laughs> yeah, you get that in like like practically every industry like the the, the oh best, I, it I systems mean, is rife with like we've moved to this completely new way of operating system and, and service structure and it's just like you didn't check with like this is Oh, everything's on fire, it doesn't work, and then six months down the track, everything yeah, I mean, to it. it's better, or it's not. Communication it's is key. <laughs> um, communication and, is always key for like stuff like this, and that's why I document everything. That's why I, uh, um, that's why I, well, I need to spend time making like maybe a tutorial for Doom Make just to tell mm. people it's like, hey, quit. I, I'm, Slade is great, but you shouldn't really be messing around in Slade to maintain your project, mm. uh, especially if more, if a lot of people at once. If uh, if a lot of people at once are contributing to your project and you still want to be able to like fit pieces in and mm. maps in like quickly and then just like type a short word and then bam you have a, a compiled wad or something to laughs, distribute laugh, or make laugh, a demo of or something like that. Laughs and PK three structure. <laughs> yeah, so like so like that's what I'm so that's what uh what I was like hoping for with a uh, Doom Make and like you know you get, you get the the hardcore nerds like already on board with it because they're like oh my god this makes things so much easier it's but like, then it's like <laughs> people out yeah people like outside of that. For like people outside of that, it's it's going to be harder to convince mm. because some people are really used to like graphical user interfaces or like, it's like you it's know, pretty good. 
command prompt is very scary. So like it may be it may be better for me to like make something that's like, oh, this is where the project is, and you click a button and it builds this, or you click another button and it builds that. So like it it kind of like masks the need for uh kind of masks <laughs> the need for um for uh, even being at the command prompt at yeah. all. Uh, so like i I mean so you have to like kind of yeah, the the hardest part is to convince people that their current wor- workflow mm-hmm. um while it may, it works for them, uh, there could be better ways. But, you know, oh, people yes. get used to the way they do things because they're afraid to move away from it because they're just like, why would I do that when, uh, you know, <laughs> this thing, I can already do things well in, in this like, way. Um, and I mean, like, I, to convince it happens people to me of, too. It's like having to convince like, people to stop using too. Doom Builder 2 to enjoy right. the ultimate. It's like, it's, even that, it's like it's the same family. It's got very similar UI and they're like, no, but I know this. Like, but this is better. Yeah, come, come to the better but like, thing. But I mean, like, I, I make vanilla stuff in Ultimate Doom Builder. Mm. Like, I, I know, like, the... I mean, well, fuck. I've been doing this for, like, a bazillion years <laughs> in modern time. Uh, so it's like, oh, a new tool? Well, the, if I can still make a map how I want in, in where I want, then I could learn how to do it. And it isn't, like... It's still in the Doom Builder family mm. of editors, so it's not really that Hell, it's that even crazy. pretty similar to Deep Sea, to be honest. Um, yeah. You know, and then, like, and then I made stuff for like at every single complexity of map, from like Doom to Hexen format to UDMF format. So it's like, oh, I'm, uh, any scale is 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 okay with me. But that's because I have like a lot of this mapping experience and a lot of this experience and, and like, uh, a desire to tinker and fiddle, you know, and, and try new things. And you know that all that's yeah, same. that just gets you over the hurdles. Like um, uh, at the end of the day, you still, you know, I'm still. Still an old man. Still <laughs> Can't still teach an old man an old improv working the way I want. <laughs> so yeah. The, um, it, so I mean, it's it's going to be a constant no matter where you are. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, ends, you know, uh, it's a good stepping off point, like that. You know, trying new things and moving into slightly uncomfortable areas to then get better. Um, uh, adventures are square. Um, don't want to don't want to don't want to dive too deep onto this because I actually do want to get you and the whole dev team together for an episode um, to talk specifics. But um, I think like um, uh, like an interesting perspective um, that uh, I'd like to go through uh, with you now is is as a de facto project manager. I mean, I know it's Jimmy's. You know, call him the creative director. You know, his, his his baby, his idea. But you know, from what I from yeah. what I heard from both yourself and him, you were the one who kind of kept people on track and quality control and. Um, you know that that feature creep police kind of kind of guy. And I know we've got to stay focused on these ideas and and whatnot. Like, um, how did you how did you get involved? Did you just kind of like uh, naturally kind of get into that role, or were you did Jimmy or someone just grab you? Go, I want you, I want you to help me. Uh, I got into that role because I knew my way around Trello. Right, uh, <laughs> and that was, that was just then uh, that was just like okay, we need to like put a place. We need to put things in places where. Um, you know, we know what needs to be done, what kind of work it is, and who's working on it currently, so on and so forth. And and uh, and and then when that happened, I was just like, well, uh, you know, uh, things are getting more busy. We need to figure out, yeah, who's working on what, mm-hmm. what, t- what, uh, who can work on this quickly, or who needs to work on this piece, and who's the primary designer, and wh- whose hands are like these maps in, who's fixing things up. And like you know, with like it was about a I think a seven person team at that point. Mm. So and everyone was like kind of like stretched in, in several different directions. But um, and we were still in that mode of we don't know what Square 
is going to be. Mm. So um, what works and what doesn't is still a very big open question. Mm -hmm. So we, when we organized all of the ideas, it's like, okay, what can we do for episode one? And then after episode one was done, we kind of saw how things were progressing in terms of tone, in terms of, in terms of like how things are progressing in the project itself. And like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. There's like, there was like a lot of growing pains. And mm. like, even though we were like, we were like, I, con I considered ourselves the new Alpha Dog Alliance. If you ever heard <laughs> of that, like, group of uh, developers uh, way back when, they made Strain, but it was like a lot of, like, right. big names in modding at the time in the Doom uh, modding community. But they, like, but it was like one person corralling them together for a project and then uh, organizing everything via emailing list. Holy shit. And, then, like, <laughs> and like, that. that was. And that was like, you know, coordinating work. But then these these were all in people that were, you know, talented individually. Like they were doing bit of a, bit of a, ads bit of a super group. Yeah. And then you had to like, you know, figure out what everybody's strengths and weaknesses are or especially what their what their quote unquote roles are. And then like mm -hmm. the and then but like nobody really needed to like fit in particular roles because we all were experienced in doing things mm. so so the hard part was just like okay um who be, who became like who's become like the uh the the auteurs of these pieces mm. and how do we like follow their lead on like say maps or graphics or or, or what have you and I, I i mean like even early on i was like i got like maybe a tiny bit territorial around like sound design and whatever <laughs> If I'm being honest here, but like, uh, but like, uh, that was cause like, I was like, oh, I have all this like sound stuff. I want to actually use it. And then like, but then like, you know, w with stuff like, with stuff like sound design, you want everything kind of like sounding a certain way mm. or like having a certain style and then, uh, and then be able to direct other people or like voice actors or what have you. And, uh, in that way. So, um, a lot of, a lot of, uh. But but like the thing was like I, I was I was scared that I was like as coordinator I don't want to like take over the project it's mm. still very much Jimmy's thing so like I don't want to like ruin things and like be like Matt was a shithead I don't want to work with him again so like it, it so like I was just like all these decisions like Jimmy are you cool with this or mm. please please tell me no like, <laughs> just, like tell me like 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 swap me down from time to time but then like the, the, eventually things kind of like congealed and coalesced around like a. a a, um, a semi-polished product and that only became more polished after episode two and we kind of like understood where things were going because like the the plan from like we always had like a plan from the beginning of how things should like play out or like where the locale should take square and like, what the tone would be starting out and then towards the climax and and even on to the end which we really need to start working on uh, yes but the uh, <laughs> but the uh, but uh but like we didn't, we had a lot of unknowns, and then in order to figure out those unknowns and turn them into knowns, mm. we had to we had to figure out like who's doing what and um, what what kind of maps were we thinking of making, and then um, yeah, just like we tried to give people as much of an outline of an idea because we know we're talented people. Mm. We we don't want to we don't want to constrain people's work. We want them to like, you know, shine with shine within a box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh but you don't want to make the box too small. So that's the um that was like kind of like the goal. Mr. Ty? <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, like uh, I have a lot of questions in regards to 
project management and being a producer in general because it's recently become like you know my path in life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, are there like fundamental things that you don't touch when it comes to your teams and their individual talents? Because I, I have a very light-handed approach, generally speaking, about changing someone's creative view. Like I, I know that my mission is not to come in here and put my name all over everything. You see that so much. It, yeah. with producers in general is like you, you want to be rick rubin you don't want to be bob rock mm. right you, you gotta no. you gotta be there to facilitate and to help where needed and guide where needed but not to uh leave my mark on your project if that makes sense and i'm curious yeah. like how do you go about handling that um it's 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 difficult i'm not gonna lie mm. because like uh as as a like you know a person who's you know passionate about making stuff as as is the rest of the people on the team you kind of, you have to, you have to be, um, uh, I want to say the hardest thing, uh, or the lesson that I had, that I learned from working on square is learning to learning to trust your other team members. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and because like, you know, you and, uh, or anybody else who's like leading the project is going to have an ultimate vision for how things should go. But I mean, projects life they rarely work out the way we want to want it to so like um but like the thing that still makes it work is that if you have the adequate communication between everybody working on something then um that stuff kind of like falls into place organically or takes you into directions that uh you're just like oh this is this is much better than i expected and and part of that is like just kind of like learning to Learning to let go a bit because, because obviously we all work together because we all liked each other's work, mm. mm-hmm. and learning to trust that among your team members is uh, is not only important but necessary if you want to if you want things to keep working. Mm. So, so like I mean, it, it it was great that we were already familiar with each other's work. Like there really were no strangers on the project. Um, we may not have like you know played everybody else's work, uh, but it's uh, but we we're still like oh you're that guy you're that guy you're that guy so like uh, it was just uh, it was just like uh, yeah the part of it was like trust trust the process and <clears throat> and I and I'm not gonna lie for for a person like me that's that is kind of like difficult but I mean if there's one thing I took away from Square it's that like yeah the putting your trust in your teammates makes something better and larger than you know if it were just you yeah because i i um i can i can back that up not so much from experience with aja hell which is very much of a a, a, because i am the project lead slash project manager for that but it's more of an organic hey you're just just yeah friends making cool shit kind of thing it's similar to square in that it's it's got a nice organic kind of development feel but my professional job is a construction site manager and project management is a huge part of what i do um, and I've gone from a laborer to an apprentice to a qualified carpenter to to my current role. And there was a transition point. I've seen other people struggle with it. You go from doing the thing, physically doing, to telling people to do the thing. And there's a there's a there's a learning experience that you have to not be the guy doing it. You have to go. I trust you to do this job right. And my role is to monitor you and make sure that you're doing it as per the plans and and you know following all the design spec and all that stuff and obviously in a construction project that you know that creative box as it were is very very small 
it's very, very directed, very clear plans. Obviously, yeah, you know, something creative is a bit more different, but it's that ability to just to go, cool, this is your job. I'll leave you to it. We'll just we'll just touch base and check up on you. And it's that, yeah, if they're doing it right and it's heading in the right direction, then you just kind of lead them to it. Um, yeah. And you know, people and, know and, that, and, and then you just got to yeah. nudge them if they start straying too far, like you know, feature creeping. No, we don't want that in this game. Just come pick up here. Um, and I, I think, that light, I think, light approach, I think, yeah. is the way to go. The, the 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 key I think is to like just let the person the the, the other person that you're um, managing know that you you trust their their um that you that you trust their decision making and stuff like that because then like I mean I don't know it's it sounds manipulative uh, in on the surface but it's like it, if you if you let is. somebody know <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean it kind of, but it's but it's 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 not bad manipulation what you're doing is like kind of like if you if you if you know if if another person knows that you are you trust their decision making and that like you have confidence in their abilities yeah. and then they start having confidence in their abilities and they and they would want to you know do the best work they possibly can um you know because they wouldn't want to like betray that trust mm. so but but like so and like, I mean, but like, tell them you trust them if you do trust them. Like, don't like, don't like, just like, like, yeah, don't like lie to them. Uh, like, don't make like a like a white lie to them. Like saying like, as like if they do like terrible work, it's like I trust you. You could do the job but because because like maybe that could do like put like too much pressure on them or, or whatever. But no, like, honest, it's, honesty it's, uh, very important. But I think that yeah, uh, instilling confidence in your team, confidence oh, does yeah. go a long way. And yeah, doesn't want to don't, <laughs> false confidence is bad. But yeah, you know, false confidence uh, is bad. But uh, like, assuming at the point, yeah, like people at, need that. Yeah. At the point, like with Utah, you know, you're you're you're, you're managing uh, a game development process. At that point, you know, the, the the personnel involved in it will be pretty locked in most of the time. There might be the odd skill set that you need to go and go and find, but you know, you've you've yeah. established the skills are there to create whatever it is that they're I- creating. Um, and yeah, I think it's just a case, yeah, that you can honestly then say, I trust you, I'm, you know, be confident in your work, that it's good. I think one of my greatest failures early on with Stellar Valkyrie was not, I'm not going to say trusting them too much because obviously, like, Uber Gawai and Scumhead are experts in their fields. They know exactly what they're doing. It's still, like, not proven in a, in a larger sense in a commercial world necessarily, but I trust them both completely to do their jobs. And my mistake was I trusted them to uh, function in an environment where I say, like, you guys just do your thing, I'll see you later. <laughs> not a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Some yeah. people do need, like, a little bit of, like, yeah. redirecting on the path. Yeah. Like, cause, right, uh, right. Yeah. Cause, like, especially if you have an idea of how things should go, um, it's like – the. You, you like kind of yeah it's 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 the delicate balance of like you don't want to you don't want to have too tight a hold on your creative your uh, creative resources but you don't right. want to like you know let them loose because creators going to create they're going to like just keep going and well, think of that like, analysis I, by analysis thing too. i think it's a, like, yeah the, the the important job there for a project manager is like you don't want to tell your you know scumhead make me a monster that looks like this you know, right, this, right. you don't want to do that but you want to say Make me a make me two monsters by over the next two months. That's your that's your job. And here here like, are the parameters. Yes, one needs to be a. We need a flying yeah, enemy, yeah. and we need like a a rate. You know, just broad kind of general scope. Mm-hmm. Give them some guidance, and then you know, it's scumhead. He knows his art style. He'll make it look. It'll fit the game. You don't have to micromanage the visuals and that kind of stuff. And then it's like two weeks later, or a week later, or whatever. You have that little catch up and give them a little poke. Where are you at? Have you made anything? Nope. 
you probably should. And yeah. and that's like that that touching just that touching base with your team if you are driving something to that you want a, a deadline for completion roughly, um, you know, release by fall of twenty twenty two or whatever. You know, you as a project manager, you should have kind of like a trailer or whatever could be written, just scribbled down on paper. We need to hit these milestone dates. We need to have bestiary complete by date X. Fucking, we need to have, we want to have three levels by this point, all the levels made by this point, into testing these months to meet this this release date. Um, well, Matt, one of the things I'm curious about is like your, your tools of the trade. You mentioned that you know you were kind of de facto the project lead because you knew your way around Trello. Um, I'm currently yeah. using Jira, which is a, a whole total. That's an animal. It, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, there's a huge debate whether you uh, pronounce G, uh, Jira as like Jira or Jira. I pronounce it piece of shit. And, <laughs> it's, uh, it's Jira because it's named after Godzilla, Gojira, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's but I, uh, uh, I, uh, it's it's I'm not a fan of it because there are some things in it that are very kludgy. But I do like the fact that it's like aware of like you know, the repositories you hook it up to and like where things are in terms of like review and. So on and so forth. That does Apparently, Jira is Japanese like, for whale. That's an annoying. Mm. It, it is. It is kind of a, a a fat tool. It is a lot of it stuff is, at, at once. A lot, a lot of as, shit as most as, as most Atlassian branded tools are. Um, I think they bought Trello, and I'm just like, oh god, oh no, it's gonna get ba- go bad. But like, <laughs> uh, but I like Trello. Or maybe they're just like, yeah, we should replace Jira with this, and I'll be like, oh, okay, good, I like this. So <laughs> so, but I mean, it's like. Yeah, all th- all uh, uh, all uh, uh, feelings about Jira aside, um, it's uh, yeah. I mean, like, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> oh, essentially, it's it's like the, your tools of the trade, and then your methods of implementing the tools. So mm. I didn't really ask a complete question. I just said Jira, <laughs> and then you got pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, there's some there's some heavy feelings around Jira. Just like. Ah! Uh, but like, uh, so with a with a video game, it's different than like a with with a software that's continually being updated sort of thing. I, I'm sure that you, you, your Fortnite guys are probably running on a more like Kanban tile type of system at this yeah, point. Like how they manage the agile team. development and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, whereas like uh, when you're making a game, usually it's like you know sprint deadline milestone epic that kind of stuff. And Only. I mean, only if you planned everything out, which really is rarely the case. Like, I mean, there there are still some things that, like, people are like, some gameplay things aren't working out. Like, oh, oh my God, we have, like, a gap in our bestiary. How mm. do we solve this problem? There's always something to solve. That's why, I, actually, I like video game development because, like, there's there's always, it's it's constant problem solving. And, well, and it's, or- and and it's organic it as like, well. Like the, like you say, like a, a whole yeah. base here will appear when you make a certain map. And it's like, wait, we actually need something to fill this niche. Um, and yeah. it, it's not like you know exactly what you make at the beginning, like with a construction project where it's like very well laid out. Yeah, like I, th- I agree, like that organic kind of things sprout up that I wouldn't quite call them problems. They're just things that you need to deal with. And um, yeah. you well, deal with it and things I would get actually, better. I'll push back kind of hard on that because you guys are both used to that and i am up until very recently used to that let's make a game and then let's kind of play it by ear as we go and all that kind of thing but then there are definitely iterations Mm -hmm. and and situations where you're like okay here's exactly what you're going to make and here's how long you have to make it and here's your budget and then uh we'll see you later yeah there are definitely some people defining those boundaries yeah in mm -hmm. in the process because because there are some hard boundaries, like either dictated by uh, m- the market or 
Like if it's something like in the AAA space, they're just like, okay, yeah. we, uh, we need this done by this day because I was gonna say, that's like, more of a AAA thing kind of being released. Yeah. Very structured, and they've got dedicated like this is the art team, and this is the concept um, design team, yeah. and this is the the encounter design team, and and there has to be a set workflow. It's like because the guys doing the encounter designs can't do it until the level's finished. And then the art mm-hmm. guys take over. You need to keep everyone busy. So there has to be delivery from team A to team B to team C on a regular, yeah. um, predictable uh, you know, uh, time frame. Um, whereas, you know, with most indie devs and like not so much for what you're doing, Ty, but just, you know, you, something mm-hmm. like um, um, Hellslinger and like it's a couple of guys, you know, two or three people just kind of making what they love and doing what they can and just keeping busy. And then, yeah, they've got that kind of more chaotic organic approach and um you know um so like how studios wouldn't i'm not going to go and apply structure when they've already got a working process um as someone who also quite appreciative of chaos but yeah working for someone a bit bigger and um uh you know with closer to a triple a kind of structure uh, with 3d realms you know it's it's it is different i would agree yeah so you did raise a good point there so, but anyway, back to my still <laughs> unyet asked question. Like Matt, what what is your preferred way to you know structure a project, even if it is iterative and, and creative over time? Um, you, at the very least, you need to know what needs to be done and who can do it. Um, so then the question becomes, um, what what can we what can we what do we need completed, and then who is free enough to do that work? And, um, and like it, 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 be, it becomes resource allocation and, and you're the human instrument to that resource allocation. Mm-hmm. So like when we were, ju- when we had to like prepare things for square, it's like, okay, we have all these enemies. Now we, now, uh, we figured out all these enemies. We have, uh, we, now we need art. We need a, a sound for it. We need to write the actor code and, and, uh, these are the maps and we've already figured out who is in what map slot and what kind of map it's going to be so that we have like a, a narrative or well, not a narrative arc, but at least like a, an adventure arc to, um, how things are supposed to flow. And then, um, when, when certain things or enemies or, uh, items should be introduced mm. throughout that episode. But then like at the, at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, we build our foundational pieces, and then you have um, uh, who's working on what, and then what are they best at, or like, do they, they keep getting the same kind of job because we still want like a cohesive art style? Like Captain J does like a lot of our um, a lot of our sprite work, and they all kind of like now have a mm. cohesive style to it, like all the new right. stuff, and and he works well with like imitating the the old uh, uh, Jimmy Paddock style of like uh sprite work and stuff like that and i think i the, uh, the only sprite i made no i made like two enemies and that was like the uh strong man and I, the pure yeah, mind. I fucking knew it was the strong man that just screams <laughs> but, <a> like, <laughs> i mean that was that uh, strong man's my baby really mm. like i really wanted that enemy in but it's like fantastic. but the thing was uh it took me two months to do the graphics for the strong man where it could have t- <laughs> taken like captain j like a week but yeah. uh, i think at the time uh, at the time i don't think he was as heavily into the process i don't know i like it's, it's it's been years unfortunately it's been years so i don't really remember too much but i was just like but then like he he was like involved doing that that stuff and then and then like because i because i wanted things to like look a very specific way but i mean like 
I don't know. It, 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 like, I learned, I was just like, yeah, let's just, I'll just have him do all the sprite work. <laughs> it, 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 he's so good oh, at it, and it. it's, like, way quicker. Um, so, like, so, yeah, and then, like, the Jimmy and uh, Zazer, I think, are, like, on texture duty. And then on Captain J as well. So, like, we, ha- we do have, like, we do hover around our talents. Mm. So, like, we have, like, some people are good at graphics, and some people are, uh, they're all, like, pretty good at map design. And then uh, we're, uh, um, the sound becomes my domain, and then composition becomes like Jimmy Zazer, and you get like collaboration mm. and stuff, which like, you get like really interesting things happening. So like at this point, it's like we have like full trust in each other's work, or uh, as as like as close to a hundred percent trust mm. as you can get, and it's like because because now we're just like how does this sound? We have like a we have a space for like where to commit all like the work that's kind of like set in stone, or like we'll not change very often uh where it's like a kind of like beta complete and then we have like a space where it's just like i'm working on this how does this sound and we throw it in the dropbox <laughs> and go like oh that, that, that sounds okay i like this part and the, so we have like a, a method for like feedback um that's like a, in an easy way so yeah it, it goes down to like workflow and you know using figuring out who who could do what and um and uh you know you'll have some things like uh oh no we need this vertical slice of whatever mm. done for um like you know demoing purposes or whatever but like we're past that point because we have like you know something complete that we can show people and then you know what we work on is just going to add on to that so uh, that's one big hurdle gone so, so like i mean yeah your your needs are going to dictate where where work should go and what you know about your strengths um the, the the strength of your team members and um, that sort of thing. Well, it's it's not it's not exact. It never is exact. I think one so you thing you have to like kind of figure th- that out as one, you go. One thing I pulled out of what, uh, what you're saying there, uh, and drop and and uh, uh, prioritization is important. So, you know, um, at the beginning, you know what what do you need first, and it kind of links back to that kind of like AAA team thing. Like, what unlocks more work for other people? You know, can your level design? Oh, yeah. You know, can your level designers get started without textures or monsters? Probably not. So, uh, right. one of the important things. But you can. But you can do a bit of grey boxing. And if you lock down like enemy concepts, well, a good level designer can build around. Okay, these are where some flyers will come out of. These are where some we'll put some turret turret style enemies over here. You can actually build a lot of stuff. Uh, or some sometimes in some people. Um, but yeah, figuring out what. Are the, the really high priorities, these have to be done first. And then there's like the list of, okay, there's a bu- big bunch of stuff. Something like the shotgun sound. You need, shotgun needs some sound, but that won't stop people making levels. It won't stop your dev team making important progress, but it needs to be done before a demo release. So yeah. you kind of like have like an, an A list and a B list and a C list kind of thing of, of work to get through and, um, and that they'll evolve and change over time and you'll add bugs in and, and some of them will be minor and some of them are like, shit, we have to fix this right now. Everyone stop what they're doing. We've got this issue to sort out. Um, I think that's a really critical thing from a, from a project manager's perspective is like in and what's, what's the most important thing to be working on right now. A, a maxim that I always return to is um, a good manager knows how to uh, make work possible mm. for the people right. that um, are working with them. Yep. Them. Him, um, or doesn't I mean, matter. At, uh, at the end of the day, as if everyone's busy, you're probably doing your job right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like you, you want you want them you want them to be able to do work, mm-hmm. and uh, the the you know if 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 that's not possible, if somebody's like you know, held up on on 
something. It's you have to figure out if if they're how to you know either uh, something something to fix or figure out what how to reprioritize what's blocking them. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be something outside of work, and then it's just like okay, we need to plan around this and um, who is available. Um, and and it's just like I mean, communication is always mm-hmm. important, and yeah, for, for that's sure. like when when. Uh, when ability or or uh, skill set is not measurable, then it becomes a um, then it becomes you know a, a, a measuring, um, yeah that that uh, that sort of that sort of thing. Yeah, I think you know, it, it does always come come back to communication. Um, yeah, and management of expectations, yep. both of your own and and the teams. And you know what you're saying before, Ty, about how you just kind of let the Stellar Curry team just do their thing in a in a Often the often the void somewhere, and that didn't work. You know, the the error there would have been like, you know, even if they were going to thrive in a chaotic kind of workspace, you still want to be touching base with them and checking in and be like, hey guys, how's it going? What's the progress like? And pretty, you know, pretty regular updates. Without to, to give without an example, too overbearing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To give an example of like what I mean by this, it, it's like if you if I leave them alone for too long, and don't say much of anything. I'm just like, hey, you guys do your thing. Or, or like, for instance, you know, I like some personal shit going on. And I need to like mm-hmm. two weeks. I'm like, I'm just, I'm just dipping out, guys. Like, I'll be back. Keep doing your thing. And then I come back and it's like, okay, Uber is afraid to ask Scumhead to do something because he doesn't <laughs> want to ask him for too much. And then Scumhead's not doing anything because he hasn't been tasked to do anything. <laughs> and Chris has written a whole new script that I didn't know about. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. It's like one, one child's in the stand corner banging meetings. on a pot. One's over there setting fire to the curtain. It's like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. That's why stand-up meetings are good. Stand-up meetings are just like, what are we working on? What, who's doing what? And um, uh, are we, are we still, do we think we're still on the path of what, what needs to happen? And yeah, like every, like, Meetings are good. Communication is key. Always, always, always communicate. The worst thing you could do is like, you know, either not have enough information mm-hmm. for somebody or like something is unclear, like over like the, the overview of like the project. Because like, I mean, um, yeah, the, it, I don't know. I'm like, I'm like the kind of person that doc, still like documents all of his work, if, even if I'm like the only person who sees it, because <laughs> like I want, because like if I work on something like two weeks from now, I want to know what I did those weeks before. And right. like, and I find myself like going back to like some work, going like, did I even like write this part? Is this even like the <laughs> written, written in a way I wanted? And then I go back and I read the documentation and the code again. And I'm like, oh yeah, I am a genius. Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> you're, and you're a unicorn. Like, yeah, you're one of very few who actually works that way. Because when you take someone who's used to working on more or less solo projects, yeah, and then you tell them like, oh no, we have to document everything. Yeah. Do you know, that like doubles their workload. Do you know? Do you I know who? Communicate with future me. Do you that know who's exactly like that? Ty, who's like hundred percent resistant to any documentation whatsoever. It's Mister Cat, because he's used to working oh, on yeah. silo stuff and doing everything himself, and he's a fucking wizard at that. But getting him to like make a list or work to some sort of try. I mentioned Trello, and just I could feel the disgust come pouring it, off it, him. It, it takes <laughs> it takes it takes some time to get somebody acclimated to it, but it's like the the reason why I document everything is like I said before. I'm I'm communicating with future me. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't like because like that's because if I forget like I'm just pulled in so many different directions and I work on like a whole lot of things. I need to know what my what the sometimes why I made some decisions or why I. Uh, or why things are written this way. Like you can see in like a lot of my, um, my, uh, like coding projects, I have like a philosophy markdown file, which is mm-hmm. just like, 
a, uh, like if I'm like, oh god, uh, this is a weird decision. Why am I making this decision? I write the question like as if I were like it was like a frequently asked questions, but it's me asking the questions <laughs> to me. So it's right. like it's like why are why is this a certain way? And it's like I decided it to be this way because blah blah blah, blah and I thought it would like work blah 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 blah. And then and then like I want I want my workplace to do that too. But mm-hmm. like it's um but like if you if you have a bunch of people that are like not used to writing that sort of thing or people that have that like mentality or like good work needs no documentation mm-hmm. or something like that or like good code does not need documentation it still feels like yeah this is where i'm going to burn the bridge uh it's, <laughs> no, it's, it's, no, it's, it's like I, 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 the, the thing that like, um, annoys me the most is like, um, yeah, when there's like no, um, when there's no like, uh, importance placed on, on documentation or that sort of communication, because I mean, like I'd say, especially in, in a lot of different industries where like people, I would feel like disposable or whatever, the knowledge that they have, um, they think makes them valuable when really it's like, you know, the, the, uh, the way they go about fixing problems truly makes them, uh, valuable or like whether, you know, they're, they're, uh, it's the, the, the team player like that <laughs> expression. But I mean, it's, it's true. It, it, the, how you, well you work with other people is what makes a person, um, uh, what gives, uh, and this is just my, my uh, conceit that, that that's what gives people their value. Not so much, um, what they can do or what their exact abilities are, but like if if they know how to like communicate with others and then figure out well, you how can to always work towards the common goal. You can always teach and, a technical and, skill. Yeah, you can always teach a technical you know, skill, uh, and, and then, then you, like you say, like work ethic, the ability to work well with other people. That's hard thing to learn. Um, yeah, yeah. That like if you find someone that you just get along, you you'll be productive. If they just if you yeah. guys get along as a group. You'll make shit happen. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, but I mean, like it, the 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 thing that's like, yeah, I don't ever. I always feel like if if there's like in, information withheld or like documentation not written written, then this is where like my my paranoia comes into play. It's like they're they're kind of like elevating their um, like their importance artificially because then they become the sole knower of that knowledge yeah, exactly. or that experience mm. so oh, but, but that's like workplaces not, yeah people trying to it's like protect their job everyone after you mm. yeah um, so but it, but like, happens all the time with programming yeah but like and, and and people mistakenly believe that that is what like you know keeps them on staff mm. or 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 the keeps them part of the project because like they can't get rid of me i'll i'll uh, the, the, the so much knowledge disappears with me and, mm. and whatever but it's like no like the, the, the a lot of what makes you valuable is, is you know, if you can share that knowledge with your team, that like creates a better foundation. That creates like the, a, sol- a more solid foundation for everybody to work towards that common goal. So it's, uh, yeah, that's I don't know. I can go on uh, on and on and on about how much that that, that ticks me off. But like <laughs> it's it's uh, but like I try to do my part by. Sometimes maybe even over documenting things like uh, like writing Java doc code for private functions. Do you really need that? You just need one comment <laughs> about what it does. But write the Java doc for like the protected protected methods and the public methods and and like even like if you're if you're writing like a web service, yeah, what each parameter does and so on and so forth. Like it's, it's like you want to you don't want people to. You want people to miss you if you leave, but in the good mm-hmm. way. It's like, oh, man, oh, they did such good work, mm-hmm. and they were really good at documenting all this stuff. I don't know. That's just what I want for me. But, like, it's <laughs> – but, like, it's uh, – you, you want to – you want to make – you don't want to make your presence felt. You want to make your 
absence felt like a good like a like a good baseline (laughs) speaking of burning bridges you you want to (laughs) you you want to be invited back if if it ever comes well you want to if you can if you can leave a job in a way that means you can go back to it then Mm -hmm. i think you've done well both like in a personal sense like you're not being a dick but also like we value your your efforts and contributions so much that if you come back to us in six months or a year or two years down the track we'll happily happily take you back like, um, oh they're back yeah. oh my yes. god yes like they're not like oh fuck that documented again yeah. <laughs> they're not like you know fuck that guy because these they, they were good at their job but they were they're a dick you know fuck them we don't we don't want to work with them anymore um oh yeah i, yeah. I can write like documentation to like the acs code for square like i'm just like this is what this <laughs> script does this is what this global script does Do like going back and trying to like debug a year old map or something or like change something that you were working on or what, like what the fuck was i doing again why did i build this I'm room so, yeah i'm so glad that you UDMF has comments. Yes. I'm so glad that UDMF has comments because it'll be like, this sector is here for this reason. Do not touch it. Don't delete it. <laughs> Matt, you're also a rare individual who self-documents the work that they have done and completed because like, I've ran into so many people that are like amazing game designers and I'm like, okay, do you have like a, a list somewhere of everything you've done? And as a podcaster, as an interviewer, that's mm. useful to me, right? So yeah. if I want to know what, what Matt Tropion has worked on, I'll just go to your website and I'm like, I can look at all of it. And there are a bunch of people who are like, oh, I don't have shit. <laughs> like, if a tree falls in a forest, like, you might be the best goddamn programmer in the world, but if I can't prove that to someone else who wants to hire you, yeah, what do we do here? Yeah, I mean, like, oh, but that's, but that, that comes back to, that comes back to, like, um, so there, there are a lot of people that, like, make stuff, but then, like, um, and they, and they could be like, oh, look at all this cool stuff I made, but, like, there, there is an anxiety, like, to like release your work and like push things out in the world. That's like like even people that are experienced at doing that like still have that. Oh God, I hope they like this and like I spent so much time on it and mm. like oh is this my sophomore slump? They won't like that like <laughs> previous thing I made. But then like yeah, sick sick and sick and syndrome. <laughs> yeah, I mean if you if you if you care about your work, you're going to feel that anxiety over like you know uh, are, are we putting time into things that like will hopefully be mm. worth someone else's time. And the only time you can prove that to other people or like even make that like um like hey I, I as you can see i can design maps pretty good and make things look cool and without putting your work out into the world you nobody will ever like like there's no there's no proof but there's like but like you have to kind of like for for I, i'm not, i'm not gonna lie self-promotion is is not a skill I have because like I always feel like oh who the, who the it's like a conf, it's like a confidence or an insecurity thing it's like who the fuck am I to like push things out into the world and believing they're worth somebody oh like time. classic imposter syndrome kind of you come yeah. across as like a really humble guy in general like when the, what the way that we met was we were sitting there having dinner and. I was like, who the fuck are you? And you're like, who the fuck am I? Really? And, and, and that's coming from the same point of view. It's like, who the fuck am I? I don't know. But you just handed me, you didn't say anything. You just handed me the card, the, the big brick games, like square card. <laughs> I have it somewhere. Yeah. I can't dig it up. That's great. But yeah. I'm just like, oh, oh but okay. Whereas well, I'm, yeah. I'm like, I'm motherfucking bridge banner. <laughs> <laughs> Like I mean, I, 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 yeah, I was I was gonna joke that it's like like when people tune into this uh, this video podcast, they'd be like, "Who the fuck's this guy? This isn't Jimmy or Arlene or the guy who made Proteus. Uh, who's this? Who's this guy?" Well, actually, that's that that uh, it's completely different. <laughs> that's why when you when you approach me, it's like, "Fuck yes, I don't want to get like you know." And I used the term Star War, and that wasn't the flipping through anything. Like you know, people like yourself, um, while they don't 
you know, get their name written large in the sky and in blazing fire and glory, you know, it, it is, you know, that kind of journey man that keeps the community going. And, you know, yes, you have been involved in, you know, some pretty big projects, but it's still very much behind the scenes. Like, not many people are aware yeah. of the stuff you did with Square or I'm, the Take Your Own BGSX I'm, or... Um, I'm so scared to have, like, a spotlight <laughs> on me, if I'm being honest well, here. I'm, here it I'm, is. Like, so scared. <laughs> I'm scared... Uh, this is you know what this was this might be betraying kind of like where the story for or at least like the the backdrop to the story of episode three of Square is kind of like leading, but it's like I am so scared of being placed on the pedestal. <laughs> I'm like I'm like so scared of like that like kind of I like because it destroys people. Like when pe- when you see like the uh, people in the indie scene who have like made things that people like, there's there's that like there's that like. Like going going mainstream kind of moment, yeah. Yeah, kind of like like like. There's not like so much. It almost is borderlines. It's almost borderline worship, but mm. it's not really. But it, it it's it's kind of like okay, we want this person speaking at our conventions. We want this person because like oh, they're they people know about them and that will bring people to our, our mm. like you know conventions and stuff like that. You become if if you're if you hit that like there's a specific level of like uh, it's it's a, fame it's or notability celebrity them that. Yeah. that yeah, there's a, the fame or notability that like like you become a tool for promoting other things, mm-hmm. and then that kind of like accelerates and then gets to like some sort of like you know uh, some some sort of like critical mass where it's just like we're sick of seeing this person or or like or uh, or it's like or they've they've been elevated past like. A, a level of fame that they could even be comfortable with or could even like deal mm-hmm. with and like uh i mean of course me talking about this makes me sound like the most conceited person on earth but it's like i i don't no. want any of that i'm happy being just like oh that's the guy that worked on that thing and like, and, like, and like uh, everybody else nobody knows who i am i'll open up on that a bit because i think that bridge and i both hit that point in our lives way too early <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, and this is not something I usually don't talk about this publicly, but I, I'm around a lot when I appear to not be around. Like mm. I don't hang out as much as I would like to in the in the keep Discord server, like the actual public server, because I am afraid when people show up and they start talking to me that they're not just talking to me as a human being; they're talking to me as a potential route mm-hmm. for them to attain some sort of like whatever for their game and even even at like the level of um like uh the level of success that in the keep has has had so far like well people will see like like i'm i'm nobody compared to that this can help me yeah Mm. and i I don't i i know exactly how far along in the world i am i know how many people listen to the podcast it's not it's not Joe Rogan or anything remotely, no. sort of, but I know Joe Rogan has very extreme like vetting for who he talks to because it's like I want to talk to people who want to talk to me on a person-to-person basis. You don't think so? I th- I think like he. I mean, he definitely wants to have people on his show that he wants to talk to, but uh, the the cynical side of me is like, oh, this person is in vogue. This is an opportunity to get them on the show. And this mm-hmm. helps, you know, this helps viewership for the podcast. I like to, I take I won't, very, I won't, I won't, very, I won't hear my opinions of Joe Rogan because I won't stop talking. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> my, my opinions are very, very cynical in, in that way. And it's like, I mean, like, there's the discussion of who he, who he platforms, but it's like, mm. it's like, it, it, but, but like, I, I think, I think it's just, yeah, very much a, uh, very much a, uh, 
not a numbers game, but it's definitely a the bring somebody on that'll bring more eyeballs to keeping him employed. <laughs> anyway, we're not here to talk about Joe I'm, Rogan. Anyway, <laughs> using this as an example of a of a gigantic podcast, yeah. right? Like yeah. a, that people see as an opportunity to promote what they're doing. Mm. Um, and then yeah. oftentimes when you, you you get to that point, it, it's no longer like a human conversation. It's like a all the great things I've done. It's like being on David Letterman or some shit like that. Mm. And that's not what I want to facilitate. And I'm, I'm terribly afraid of being in that position. So, I think like um, with yeah. with someone like yourself, Ty, because I you know um, uh, I've known you for a while, but the, uh, the way that you go about you, I don't. I think because you because you are a, a genuine, very genuine person. Uh, I'd say it's actually pretty low risk for that to actually <laughs> affect you. Um, yeah. I, I, you, you, you're pretty fucking down to earth. Um, uh, maybe I've worded it poorly. What I'm saying <laughs> is I find it annoying when people do that. Oh, okay. I don't yeah. want <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> no, I thought you were worried that it would like keep happening and kind of push you into a different sphere because that can happen. And you know, that's, yeah. celebrity ruins people. You know, they get yeah. pushed, pushed into the limelight in ways that they're not like prepared for or you know particularly with like you look yeah. at like child stars and stuff like that what happens to them when they they you know end up mega famous at fucking 12 years old um right um, I, I definitely I'm, had I, that was that like part of like the interview i had with with uh with ty like with my interview i was just like yeah uh, early success can ruin people mm-hmm. and i've seen yeah. it I'm yeah, like, yeah. and i'm always like i'm always curious about how that like how that like happens because like, you know, you could, you could make something that like just hits like gangbusters. Mm-hmm. And then it's like the, the expectations of you are now like elevated to like insane levels. Mm-hmm. And then, and then it's like, uh, I didn't expect this to happen. Um, uh, do I, do I want to stay in that limelight or like the, it, it then it becomes like, I, I, it's, it's, it's like very, very hard to juggle if you're not used to mm-hmm. that level of, um, uh, that level of like the fame or like attention, and then I'm just like, here I am trying to like sabotage every last, <laughs> every last way that like people would pay attention. Well, obviously but, you're gonna like, be so fucking like, like in the background and everything. You, you're gonna be world famous after this because so many people listen to my podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I just want to be the, yeah I just want to be the guy that's just like oh he made that thing it's like oh cool yeah. and then that's it. Those those guys are very very important very very important every. Yep. Every successful project has those guys involved in them. You know, those behind the scenes workhorses. Nah, for sure. <laughs> I, I, I'm just, a, I'm just a contributor to something bigger. I'm, I'm not. I don't, I don't ever want to like think of myself as like that. Well, actually, like, that, um, like important. <laughs> I, I'm always going to bring him up because he's so intertwined with my life at the moment. Oh, hopefully. The rest of it, but yeah, Mister Cat, he's he's similarly like he does not he like he only just made a Twitter account. He does not want any spotlights on him. He does such amazing yeah. work and like very much like front facing work, like not behind the scenes. Kind of like the stuff people see, you know, in Age of Hell and and I know he's got a couple other things cooking up. And um, but he yeah he does not want any attention for it. It's like but you 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 should, you know, I kind of want to push well, it out there into that spotlight. That but, that, yeah. yeah. Value people that humility. Start figuring out, oh, yeah. If people start figuring out how good he is at what he does bridge. Then, then they're just going to hire him out from right. Oh, it's, well, no, there's already, yeah. there's mm-hmm. already some things happening. Like it's yeah. good. It's good stuff for cat. He need, like, he should be getting paid to do this and I yeah. can't pay him yet. <laughs> um, so I'm not definitely not going to fucking, um, do anything to, to hold him back in that front because, you know, it, He'll come back. Uh, uh, he, you know, right. Well, 
Maybe not, but yeah, the cat came back. Yeah, no. um, I, I get the impression that you know, he enjoys working with this kind of stuff too much to, to ever abandon it. But no, he, he, he does have finally, um, not a liberty to say, but yeah, some um, some genuine uh, paid work coming out of it, which is fucking fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is he going to work for Rocketworks or what? <laughs> no, no. Um, <laughs> okay. I'll tell you later. <laughs> but no, it's not Rocketworks. Um, so this has been... A good a good journey, I think, through through um, your work front uh, M Chop. You know, you do actually have fingers in many pies, and it's, you know, you're not just a, a, a mapper. You know, coding and project management, and it's a pretty impressive skill set, to be honest. Um, Try not to be uh, really active with those fingers and those pies <laughs> because, like, I'm already super super busy. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to. I don't know. There's a, a lot of real life stuff I need to like fix and, and do I can't like it's just like, always like be so like, who do who do we need to yell at who do we need to yell at to get square episode three going uh, <laughs> I've, tr- I've tried Jimmy <laughs> yeah I mean like yelling at you uh, now <laughs> every, I mean like the, the nice thing is that like I feel like that's also like helped us like you know find uh, jobs and and uh, mm. elsewhere and stuff oh, like that so like when the uh, life happens and uh, the, the, especially when something isn't making, you know, isn't going to make us like money, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's 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 hard to like kind of like be, be I guess motiv- be motivated to yeah, work I, on that again. It, but like, it is impressive that just I, I think just about the whole team is in some way professionally employed now, in in the, yeah. in, in the industry, uh, which I think is yeah. fantastic. Like you, you know, you can. Yeah, you know, seeing people I make don't that step. Like, <laughs> I don't want to yeah. be in that industry. Like, I'm afraid of like hating, hating what I like to do. There is that. If risk. it's like, I, if it becomes my my job, I have a very opposite point of view where it's like, wow, this is so much better than the military. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like I I would if I could I would quit my job literally tomorrow <laughs> and do I this full yeah, time. D- to each their own, but yeah, it's. Um. <laughs> Um, so, but it's, it's nice for me, someone who wants to make that step um, with, you know, I've never wanted anything more, like from a career perspective, than I want this. It's nice to see people doing that successfully. Yes, it takes time, takes a lot of work, takes a bit of luck, but it can be done. And, um, yeah. you know, it, it, it's awesome seeing you guys get, you know, deserved, very deserved, um, you know, uh, recognition. Well, and, yeah, yeah for, uh, hell yeah. No, I I don't understand the perspective of someone who doesn't want to do what they like doing all day long, every day. Mm. Like, I know that that exists. I've seen it happen in many different cases, but because people are different, right? People have different. Um, I, I would say like some people value security over liberty, and and vice versa. Yeah. And that can lead to very interesting conversations with people who you think are like, "Oh my god, you're so talented! Why don't you do this eighty hours a week?" And they're mm. just like, "Because I don't." want to uh, as you said i can't I don't make want me money that i love <laughs> well it's also being <laughs> i need to live i need to keep a roof over my head and food on my plate yeah and like turning something and this is particularly true i feel with creative endeavors turning something yeah. that you love doing and something into something that you have to do does change it and yeah um because I've, I've gone through like particularly with like the lockdowns and, and stuff you know i've had a fair amount of free time and i've, I've used those opportunities to approach level design and, and game development as a job, as if it were a job. Okay, I have to do this. Make myself do forty hours a week, um, and and try and hit you know hit those kind of full time and quotation mark hours. And it does it, it does take a mental shift, and it does does remove a lot of the enjoyment. So if you can do it, like I'll do this 
really passionately when I feel like it. And I will sink in those eight hours a week uh, you know, over the holidays kind of thing because I'm having so much fun. Sweet. And then you'll notice those you know, people, then you don't have to do it for six months if you don't want to because it's just a hobby. Um, so moving it to like you must do this does change the way you have to approach things. And then there's also the added element of like just money involved stresses people out. <laughs> yeah, and, if yeah. you, and if you get that stress getting put into the thing that you enjoy, well, you're going to stop enjoying it because you're stressed. Like, even if the work itself doesn't change, that that pressure will cause you to start probably you know, start disliking and maybe even hating what you do. Um, it becomes a bad feedback loop. Like, yeah. you go back to doing what you what you ostensibly like to do. It just doesn't become what you like to I do mean, anymore you, because you look like, at the, the feelings along the bad feelings come along with it. You look at the pain that some people go through just making doom maps for theoretically fun. Um, yeah. The angst and, and and worry and stress they have over what is a hobby um they still keep doing it because they do love it at its core but yeah the, the negative emotions associated with it, it it's pretty high with a lot of people it's quite common and yeah i can definitely see why there is a lot of hesitation within certain people to take that step into the professional realm um you know me yeah. and you ty we're we're very different uh, and want to push hard into it as quickly as we can um and then yeah and i think M drops perspective is probably more common I've seen a lot of fantastically creative people uh, that as soon as they get to that point, they're just like, I can't mm. handle it. And I get that. Like Arlene left a pretty good comment about her aunt, like growing to hate art because art became their job. And yeah. I think that there's a, there's a definite mental shift when you go from that point of view of like, this is what I do after I get, I, I hate my fucking job and I just want to like get home and like work on the thing that I'm passionate about. And then you put in like eight solid hours mm. of just pure anger into <laughs> you know, what you're working on. Yeah. And then, and then as soon as that, that hated day job goes away and it's like, I can do this all I want. It's like your motivation level drops. And mm. I, I experienced a little bit of that, but it took me like three days and I was like, Oh no, that is awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it comes and goes mm. I would think yeah yeah, yeah okay. that's a, it's an yeah an interesting transition that yeah obviously a few people are, are going through at the moment um be curious to see who's still doing it you know two three four years down the track you know, have made yeah. that step to full time or they're still dabbling or, or working two jobs or, or whatever Matt I had a, a question that I I have been beating myself up for what it's been like a year and a half or something like that ever since uh-huh. you were on the podcast I never asked you about Tame. And I was oh, curious, they, like, I'm just gonna water. text adventure module engine. Yeah. The, yeah. So, uh, uh, oh, wait. I think my voice is coming through on bridges. No, you're good. All right. I'll, I'll try to talk so. softer. So, uh, <laughs> so, um, so Tame was, um, yeah, the uh, text adventure module engine. So that was like an idea I was like uh, kicking around for like a, a while. And that was because, um, like, I, I, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm very much into linguistics and mm-hmm. um, especially since like I was like, oh, I, I want to write like an, an adventure game of some kind. But then like um, learning a lot of like, you know, learning a lot of like utilities and whatever was kind of like a barrier to entry. And then like uh, I, I it was it, it became like an exercise of like, can I do this? Like, can I actually mm-hmm. write something like this? And um Eventually, the answer became yes, I could. But then, at some point, I was like, if I if I were to release this tool into the world um, to make something uh, that would enable people to make stuff like this, like what what uh, what are its strengths? What are its uh, weaknesses? And um, 
And uh, that came about because I, like, I asked one of my uh, the indie acquaintances, um, where I was like talk, talking to talking to them about uh, like what I was working on, and they went like, "Why would you? Why would you like make your own engine when like something like Inform or whatever uh, exists and might want might might allow you to do uh, what you want easier or something like that?" And now and I was just like, "Well, I, like I backpedaled into that like a." Uh, that like oh I I just, you know I'm like this is a learning experience for me but like in the back of my head I was like you motherfucker why did you throw everything <laughs> into doubt in my brain but that, but they but they were right to say that I was like what does what does that tool do better and how do I uh, let people know that it can do some things that these other tools can't and uh, I was like well okay the what it has going for it is probably like a, a better logical language um, an open-ended way of like you know defining verbs and whatever and then like separating logic from um, graphics and whatever so it became like a project of like if I wanted to add something graphical to it I could still do it and then also still have like the text interface or even like write a bot around it that could like you know you can make uh, uh, make text text adventure games happen in IRC or Discord or whatever. I need to write the Discord one, but I've written the IRC one kind of. So like it's uh, yeah. so it became like a it became like an exercise in like yeah not only like software uh, software development, but then um, I was like oh crap I didn't make a game in it, and then I used the um, so there's this thing called like the train jam, which happens from uh, uh, which is like a, a game jam thing that happens. Um, on a single train trip from Chicago to Emeryville, California. That's a cool idea. And 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 like uh, yeah, you have like about fifty-two hours <laughs> to make a game, and um, and like so, it's like yeah, you're like just on this on this uh, on this train ride. Uh, it was more than fifty-two hours when I went because uh, they had to like back up because like there was like a giant snowstorm in the upper northwest and then <laughs> nebraska was flooding and it's like oh crap we got to re- like back things up and replan the route but then like uh during that time i was just like i'm going to i'm going to make something in tame i'm going to make something and then like uh and with like the theme of what what the what it was i think it was like um like cycles like that was like the theme of the jam so like i was like oh i'll make oroboros's dungeon it's just like a bunch of rooms that like cycle back <laughs> on itself and then like and then like i started like writing that and i was just like okay what sucks about my engine? What 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 uh, works and what doesn't? What do I need to fix later? Because some parts are like really frustrating to work with, but I still but I still had it at the point where I could just like write something. It compiles to an HTML file, and then I was like, "Here, you test this. Just mm-hmm. run this file, and it works in your web browser." So um, so like uh, uh, like it got to a good point, but I was just like, "I'm sick of like writing code this way. There must be there must be a better way." And I got to like figure out how to like work through its like small little kinks. And uh, find what does what works and what doesn't work, and that was like really really good for that experience. But like yeah, I mean like linguistics in and of itself was like always like a uh, something I, I liked. The even like computational linguistics or even like natural languages. So like um, the writing writing a, a text adventure parser and uh, uh, language that helped you put together those sorts of worlds and environments was uh, was like I don't know the. Uh, it took many, many years and many iterations, but I finally have like a version that I like, <laughs> and um, I, I, I can't really. It feels like I'm only like very selectively promoting it. Like I'm just giving like business cards and whatever to like uh, indie acquaintances that like write, like they do narrative design or like 
um, or like like are pretty good in like writing adventures or stuff like that. It's like, please tell me what's wrong with this. Please tell me. What, please mm-hmm. tell me what like sucks about this engine. Make something in it, please. So like um, so like I'm just like only it's it's public. Anybody could download it and use it. But it's like I only I only selectively tell people about it because I want I want. Harsh criticism first, keep it in beta, and then when I get to version 1.0 at some point, then they'll be like, okay, I have this thing, I have, I have justified its existence, and, <laughs> and that sort I of thing. I ran into that uh, sort of similar situation. I was like, I, I built my own um, e-bike, right? And then Alexandra, who I think is in the chat, was like, why the fuck didn't you just go buy one? And I was just like, because I get to spend two weeks in my garage <laughs> building it. That was the. That's the whole fun of it. Like fuck whether or not it works when I'm done. <laughs> yeah. And and then you get to go out and ride it, and you get to like, oh yeah, I forgot to put brakes on this. Thing. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of bad. Oop, yeah. I'm dead. <laughs> you get, you that, get that real world criticism, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh, it's 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 one thing if a person gives you feedback. It's another thing if physics gives you feedback. <laughs> physics you says no. Very quickly, where you <laughs> fucked up. <It's, laughs> Right. Um, I think it's time for some questions. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm going to let you guys do that while I go pee. Um, so, first one, and it is a, <laughs> it is a hot take because you did it. So, um, yeah, for those like, of I want you... your hot takes, your unpopular opinions. Let's go. Um, uh, in the Twitch chat, uh, feel free to start <laughs> typing your questions if you've got any. We're going to go through the, uh, the preloaded ones uh, in the Discord first. Um, so if anyone's got any any questions for, um, not only for Amtrop, but for anyone, um, feel free to post them. Um, so first one, <laughs> Downtown is an amazing map and the best one in Doom 2. What's your thoughts ooh, on that? Oh yeah. <laughs> that is a, ooh, that it's, is a... That is a hot a, take. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's hot, it's hot, but not, not too hot. It's, um, you know what, uh... I, going back through uh, what what I uh, what my feelings are about a lot of the maps in Doom Two, um, a lot of a lot of Sandy Pearson joints. Uh, yeah. I was uh, I, like 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 the 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 inclination is to compare it to like other similar maps of that kind, and there were a lot of like you know Earth type of like sandboxy types of yeah, maps within yeah. that episode. The, so the city I'm the city like, sequence, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but then like you have to compare it to like everything else in Doom Two as well. So it's like because it's Best map in Doom 2. Downtown is really good. It has a lot of verticality, and, um, uh, you know, uh, if you're out in the open too much, you will get killed. Um, but there is, uh, and it has, like, you know, nice little, like, side areas that have, like, their own little unique um, things about them. But then, like, Industrial Zone is also, like, kind of like one of those, and it's a, the, like, a, that's a, a Romero map, I think. And that's, uh, like, uh, yeah, I think that one is Romero, yeah. yeah. Yeah, map fifteen, I think, right? Yeah. So it's a, uh, it, it, and that has like the verticality, and then all this, uh, all of those other like similar types of. Um, it's a different like industrial things. zones uh, dominated by a single visual concept, which is you know the crack running through the city. Um, whereas, yeah. whereas downtown's like a, it's more, it, it's a like a, it's a, a handful of vignettes. Um, yeah, more yeah, kind of yeah. setup. It's also a garbage map. <laughs> um, actually, hey, I hate I, suburbs uh, more. Um, Suburbs, I really don't. I like. want. I do like suburbs more, but I think that's because I use that map to test weapons. Like right. if I make like mods of weapons, there is that one part where like all these monsters get t- 
teleported in, and you're just like mowing them down with whatever the heck you have, like uh, figuring yes. out whether you're whether things are good in like a large the like, slaughtery setting or whether oh, no. they're good for like yes, no, sorry, suburbs is good. Factory is the one that I don't like. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Like factory, yeah. Mm. But like, um, I don't know. Like, if I were to even pick like my favorite map in Doom, yeah, 2, it's a good way to good way to, What is your favorite map in Doom Two? I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't. I don't it's, it's it's a cop out to say I don't have one, but um, I want to say, I want to say either. No, refueling base is pretty good. I want. I want to say map twenty nine. Living living end, end is, is, really is my favorite. Yeah, it's it's a perfect yeah. perfect finisher. It's fucking epic. I, yeah, I, I mean, I have I have like a I have a soft spot for like the spirit world Me because too. it has like that puzzly aspect to it, and it's got and the then, most arch files of any map in Doom too, which I which gets yeah. a big dick for me. <laughs> um and uh and uh yeah so um yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't have. I really don't have strong opinions about Doom Two maps. Come to think of it, I generally like Doom Two. I very much enjoy it and rate over Doom One um, any day of the week. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's cool because I think that Doom Two is good for it's got something for everyone. Uh, yeah. In terms of you know, there's a variety even within the same like you know, I, I generally generally don't like Sandy's maps that much, but he made Spirit World and I love Spirit World. Um, yeah. yeah, so even even within each mapper, there's a variety of, of styles and experimentations and stuff, and you know, um, there's a lot of a lot of different things attempted. You know, barrels of fun, another good example of, um, I think, a real fun concept that was done pretty well. Um, yeah. Trust your team; they come with the ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, from Alfredo, uh, which do you prefer, spaghetti or fettuccine? Spaghetti or fettuccine? Um, I don't know. Like I, uh, I don't know if I have to turn in my Italian card to be like uh, uh, fettuccine. I don't know. But like, um, uh, I like fettuccine. Spaghetti is versatile. Yeah, it's 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 a versatile noodle. It's uh, it's good at uh, holding sauce and in like large amounts and whatever. Yeah, well, it's got a good it's got a good, good surface area to volume ratio. Lots of surface area to coat. Uh, but I, I like a, yeah. I do like the, the texture of fettuccine that wider. Or tagliatelle, yeah. even even fatter one, um, or like or like yeah, I was gonna say like linguine is actually pretty mm. good for like very like thicker mm. sauces and and what have what have you. If you also I, like, you I don't think want it's fair to say carbs. Like, all, all pasta is pretty fucking good. Yes, um, um, carb carb <laughs> I am a I am a fan of the carb. Um, <laughs> uh, so this is actually this is a this is a good question actually from Jazzmaster. Um, what new Doom modding tech are you most excited to see in the future? Um, whether it's a new source board or level editing stuff or um, or whatever. I'm just excited. Um, I I don't know. I because uh, like I want I want to see like people you know you doing stuff in MBF twenty one because that's going to um that that's that's then we'll get to see like how much of a of a barrier to entry it mm. actually is because like i mean there's something there's something um there's something less uh scary about um there's something like less scary about like you know being able to use familiar tools or languages or whatever to make that sort of thing or um being like, oh, this this would be really cool. Uh, this is seems like really cool to use in ZDoom, but uh, the map format, the new map format, scares me, and it's, it's a whole lot of additional stuff to learn. So um, we'll we'll actually get to see, we'll actually get to see maybe um, uh, like for me the the exciting bit is the seeing what people do with it mm. because then it, it feels like 
you know, it was worth the worth the time spent on it or developing it or um, you know that that like everything kind of like fits together. Mm, no, and, it's, um, it's, um... So, so like I'm thinking just from a creator standpoint, not so much like an end user standpoint, because like. Um, I'm very slow to use new features, so whenever there's like a, a new a new feature, like say, oh, baked in light maps or whatever for like a new, for like a, an engine or whatever, or like uh, 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 dynamic lights or some some kind of like um, usually some kind of like uh, graphical thing or whatever, it, it doesn't thrill me as much as like you know the building blocks <laughs> to make new things. Like Zscript was like, oh my god, whoa, mm. cool Zscript. But it's like, how much of this is documented? <laughs> Do we need to. <laughs> I need to learn how to use this. Very little. And like, uh, yeah. So like, um, but uh, uh, but I know there's efforts on that front to do that sort of thing, and that would be good, um, and would help its adoption. Uh, especially, and and the nice thing about it is that like you know it looks it looks like other programming languages. Mm. So like even you know coders will be brought on board with that sort of thing. But yeah, I think MBF like you know someone who's not a coder or, or interested in in, in you know uh, that kind of uh, area of um, development. You know MBF twenty one. It's it's you know, a really cool seeing some um, some you know passion and, and effort put into Boom. Um, you know, it's, it's not my preferred port, but just I want, like you say, I just want to see what people make with it. And I know Zazer's got a bit of a yeah. flagship project uh, that he's cooking up for for it, which I'm very excited about. And um, yeah. yeah, if someone like you know that can like show people, look at what you can do with this, and people, I like, really Ooh. hope. I really hope Doom Make is a part of that because mm. it's just like yeah, you could build the wad just by typing Doom Make, you're done. Yeah, everything, everything, everything is thrown together. No more, no more fiddling in Slade for maintenance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, fiddle, fiddle with Slade for like all of like you know graphical co- conversions and whatever, but like the. Uh, for like stuff like yeah, assembling mm. your wad for distribution. Yeah, it's, there it's could painful. Be <laughs> it's one of the main, one of the big reasons that I like using UDMF and PK3 is like I don't have to touch Slade at all. Yeah. You, know what, you know what I use to assemble Square? I use Apache Ant because like because like I mean that's used for like you know uh, building like Java projects mm. or whatever. But part of that is building a zip file of something. So yeah. PK3 is basically a jar. A zip. It is. It's, it's, so it's just like just a zip file. Yeah, zip it together. Done. I mean, Everyone's it's good. it's like, yeah, no. Maybe if twenty one, very excited, very excited. Um, yeah, because yeah, there's a, it's it's still got its its boom DNA very much, but there's enough new features there for to actually I think generate some genuine excitement uh, amongst like and, and equivalent features. Yeah. yeah, like there's equivalent features for like even like the you know the ports down the line. So it's like you could you could. Pick it up, and you don't have to use DSDA Doom mm-hmm. to play it. You could use whatever engine of choice. Exactly, and we're, and exactly. we're definitely getting to that point. Yeah, yeah. No, no, but yeah, yeah. This, yeah, it'll fit with yeah. If you like prefer using Eternity or GZ Doom or whatever, you'll still be able to play all this new MBF twenty one stuff. Um, which, yeah, you know, accessibility is key. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're not you're not playing you're not going like Apple. It's like we don't play nicely with anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Um, <laughs> now. There was some confusion around this question, what it actually meant, but yeah. Lock, lock-ins, good or bad, from Jimmy. <laughs> and well, not- you, well, you want to you wanna negotiate a mortgage so that the rate stays <laughs> the same throughout. No, okay, lock-ins. So, uh... Jimmy, uh, I like Jimmy's so, opinion. Okay, so, like, locking the player into, I guess, an arena or of some kind. Yes. Um, so here's the thing. I'm not against the concept of doing that. You want to take the player out of there 
uh, comfort zone or or kind of like force them into the middle of a firefight. But you but the like, ideal is you want the player to be drawn to something through that firefight, Correct. like a new weapon or a power up or something. Mm-hmm. And that's ridiculously difficult to do because every player is, has like different play styles and what have you. And the worst thing you can do is like. It's like it's like you want to coax the player out of their comfort zone, but you don't want to force them out of their comfort zone because then they'll hate mm. you. So it's it's like you don't want to you don't want to have that like dungeon master like early dungeon master mentality. Railroading like, them, oh, it's like you will fight here. <laughs> kill all the players. Yeah, yeah. This will kill them all. But like you want you want to have like you know an experience uh, such that the player felt accomplished for getting out of like those sticky situations. Yeah, that's I think ridiculously um, difficult to do. That's the the, so, the sweet spot yeah. is like allowing the player to have agency but them choosing yeah. to do what you want them to do. You want them to shoot themselves in the foot. <laughs> like, they have, give, give them that ability mm-hmm. to do that. And so, but like, so in terms of like the mechanism for locking them in, of course, it's a bit of a trope of mine to uh, use bars, barring your way in. <laughs> um, I've learned that. Uh, and then like, uh, um, one thing I'm kind of gravitating towards is like uh, a player walks off a cliff that they can't walk back. I like the drop from. off. I like the drop off because yeah. it feels, it feels very natural. It doesn't feel yeah, like a lock, and you, more you, natural. You, you drop off, and then a bit later, a trap is sprung. And you're like, "Oh, I'm actually trapped here." Um, whereas, yeah. like, so and sometimes you do want the immediacy of a door closing or bars raising up or whatever to like, "Ha, you're trapped now. Get fucked." So, yeah, I mean, it's it's, <laughs> it's like how how much of the presence of the mentality mm. of the creator do you want in your map? Correct, like, correct. like, do do I want them to be imperiled? Oh, like I think it was like a, a stream uh, a while back. So, um, I think it was on a. On Evie's uh, uh, stream, uh, she was running through um, for We Are Many because it was part of like the lineup of like the most memorable maps, mm. and like that's uh, was it map uh, map twenty nine of Community Chess three, and it was that was like my that was my Eric Alm ripoff map, my Eric Alm ripoff slaughter slaughter map, and she noted that there was like one part of the map that had like just teleporters mm. there present, like in the middle of an arena, and. Nothing was coming through until you pick up the key at the other end. Mm. So it was like she made she made this point that I'm just like, oh yeah, that is that is that is something I wish more maps had. Was that you want to kind of telegraph dread mm. in like a feeling of dread into some parts of your map because like if if you if you kind of like set things up so that the player has a prediction of what's going to happen, that's that's almost as good as like surprising mm. the player because you want them to be just like in their like in their head as 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 brief as it is to be like oh god what am i walking into mm-hmm. and and that's like kind of like that feeling is 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 what i sometimes like to have well, the in, emotional in are big and imposing and stuff like that. The emotional state of the player affects how they play. So if they're like getting tense because yeah. they know something's going to come. But you, you can also do that telegraphing and then subvert expectations. So say you had those teleporter spots clearly marked and something's going to appear here and it's the yeah. third time you go in there that the trap actually triggers. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you're like there's the anticipation. All right, no, oh, there's not a fight here. And then there's a relaxing and then there's the trap happening. You're like, ah! And you can it's like when is it going to happen? Yeah. Like you, you bake anxiety into the map, exactly, uh, uh, in, uh, in somewhat of a healthy way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the American McGee in you, Bridge Burner, the, the <laughs> need to punish, the, the need to take out your childhood trauma. <laughs> oh, I, I do, I do have a no, I'm, I, I, I do have a favorite uh, map of uh, of Doom One, and that is E4M1. I, I love oh, it. Yes, it's one of my favorite maps. Yes, it is E4M1 and M2. Just. Mm beautiful maps mm. and i love how yeah e4m1 
beginning of the episode and it just slaps you around. <laughs> yeah. Does not it's, pull it's, it's not just the difficulty. It's not uh, just the difficulty. It's it's the color palette. It's the it's uh, so it's the, uh, music. A, yeah, just oppressive. It's not a big like it's not like big vertical space no, like E4 and 6, but it it, yeah. it looms over the player and it's full of barons and shotgunners. Like yeah. just the nastiest enemies in Doom 1. And, and Welcome it, to episode four, <laughs> bitch. Get, get fucked. And there's there's only health. There's no health apart from a few health vials. So it's like every bit of damage you take, you're living with, and you got to get through it. Uh, and then yeah. and then there's the then there's the secret trap, which is like, hey, you found the secret. Ha! More barons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, love that's it. Good. Love it. Good stuff. Um, so right. yeah, four four lock-ins, but of course there's like yeah, there's a finesse. Yeah, and like you want to vary the style of them. You don't want to have them in every every encounter. I mean, like some sets like Sunder, obviously it's mostly lock-ins, and you know people who like yeah. that stuff can go play Sunder. Um, but I think yeah, you know, the way that varying up the way that you do them is is important if you're still going to make a you know lock-in heavy lock-in arena set piece kind of map. You want to mix up the style so that people aren't just go oh it's one of these again. Yeah. Um, um, we got from uh, a couple from Arlene. Uh, this is a good one. What's your favorite brewery? Oh, okay. Uh, a beer question. Beer question. So I've, I've, finally, I've had a, I've had, I've had a couple of favorite breweries over time. I think probably like what's your current, what's your current, your current favorite squeeze? Uh, I think probably, yeah. If there is one. If it is just by volume of what I buy, then I'm guessing it would probably be. It would. Oh man, damn! That's still like a toss-up. I would. I would say it's a. It's a. They're. They're kind of like local uh, to New Jersey breweries, but there's the 902 Brewing Company. Um, I think that's Jersey City, and then there's a uh, Bolero Snort, which is uh, the Meadowlands, and then there's um, Forgotten Boardwalk, which is a uh, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. So like that's. So like th- those three have kind of been like. Um, oh wow, these these guys can't make a bad beer and uh and uh but like i mean there's been a mainstay throughout always and that's like dogfish head like every once in a while i get their like perennials that like you'd want to age over time that are like super Wait, your, alcoholic your beer, like, how the hell did they get this way your beer lasts <laughs> long enough to age <laughs> yeah i mean like uh I, oh god i still have that but that bottle of um uh worldwide stout with vanilla that's like it's like an oak it's like it was like an oak uh, mm. cask aged stout with vanilla added and that i think is like been sitting in my fridge for about two to three years damn and i'm i need to open that up now that is that uh, is some impressive willpower <laughs> no i mean no beer in my house yeah. is, is terminally like Consumed. you're gonna die soon yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I i i actually have a wreck i had like intention to like get like stock it up like 60 beers or whatever and like just slowly pick through them but every time I'd managed to actually get some beer they were gone in a week <laughs> like yeah. if they're in the yeah, house they're getting consumed <laughs> but like uh yeah I, I I've been like kind of like slowing my beer consumption but like it's uh now that now that I'm into like a bit of like cocktail crafting mm. but like it's uh but like yeah some some beers I have that like alcohol level that you can age it over time and like you know the hops kind of like denature and then that changes the flavor profile yeah. so like the same the same type of the same beer is going to taste differently a mm. year down the line or whatever i mean most beers they don't have the alcohol content to keep for months and months and months and months and months but like because like then they just like i don't know the, the things change too much <laughs> They could, they could like, yeah, change too much. But I mean, like, canned beer, there's no, like, sunlight getting in it. There's yeah. no, like, uh, other things that would, like, ruin beer happening. So, like, I mean, 
And at some point, I really also like the the Omagong Brewery, which is in Cooperstown, New York. Um, I've I also had a, a a soft spot for Evil Twin Brewing because I like think I've had some Evil Twin. Fuck yeah. Evil Twin fucking beer ideas are stuff. all over the place. It's good stuff. So my favorite yeah, American so like, brewery yeah. is probably um actually definitely Ballast Point. Um, Ballast Point, yeah. Like, I've never had a bad beer. They've they've got some real like that Indian Indra Kunindrara. It's like got fucking garam masala and curry paste in it. There's yeah, a stout yeah. that is a wild bear, and I love it. Unfortunately, yeah, that's a very, um, very vanilla expert. answer, but Founders, <laughs> solid gold all day long. Founders I, I is yeah, really good. Yeah. I, I like could Founders. Just, I could break open a case of solid gold and <laughs> mow my grass it, it, the same way that my grandpa did with Miller Lite. Like, mm. That's... You know what I mean? you got to have, you gotta have that, com- that comfy beer as well, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, always good to have that kind of regular, not too expensive one that you can go pick up a twelve pack off and happily fucking quaff over a over a summer afternoon. A nice well, session ale, yeah. Much like uh, video games, it doesn't always have to be this like stressful experience. Yeah, yeah, Sometimes yeah. it could just be like, ah, yeah, yeah. just just, just gonna chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't need my don't need my taste buds annihilated every sip. <laughs> I don't want to cancel an evening because I broke into this like seventeen percent barley wine. Holy yeah. shit! Right, and it's like somebody's like, you, it's like you meant to go you out. It's like a, fuck. You want to crush a twelve pack of IPA with me? I'm like, dude, it's breakfast, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would. Um, I know you would. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, Arlene also asked, what are your thoughts on lure coding um, being accessible in Doom Builder X? Um, whenever you have any sort of like scripting uh, tool inside like a, like a graphical editor, you kind of want... Um, it's good, it's good to have because like then you can like fill in the gaps of like where where you could have like oh I just need a script that like randomly pastes like these decorations in one spot or like or mm. like randomizes some things or like uh, uh, builds stairs or other sorts of like cool geometric things but like um, fractals 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 yeah because like because like uh, with any kind of like coding thing there's going to be like two. There's going to be like some categories of people that are just like one. Um, they're going to want to tinker code-wise, and having an accessible language like Lua helps with that. Mm. And and uh, the other the other side are just like I want to see what other people make in code that I can use. Yeah, like it's kind of like I, it's I'm, like the, I'm the latter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so like so it's like but the, then there has to be like a user base of that particular feature. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, like I mean. More features are, are, are good in that way, uh, but, like, I mean, you have to have people that use it or else it's kind of like a, a useless addition. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, but it's, be- it's, better to, it's better to have the option, I guess, yeah. um, if it's, like, uh, rather than not have the option. Well, something but, like uh, that, you know, yeah. you never know what might happen in the future because de- Ultimate Doom Builder just got scripting out. I think it's Java-based. Um, and no one's really? really, yeah, yeah. No one's really I, taken I advantage really, of it yet. But um, I, I would thought that like it would be like C sharp, and not I can't. I, because I it's... could be mistaken. You'll have to check with Boris. But it has had scripting added, yeah. and it, it's it's fresh and new, and no one's really t- taken advantage of it. Maybe. And you know, give yeah. it six months and see what people are cooking up. Um, yeah, I would cool. like to point out that Java is not JavaScript. Oh, okay, maybe it's, to... maybe it's JavaScript. Yeah, because like I, I know Boris does not like Java <laughs> or has an aversion to it, but like um, no, I, I, I got him using DecoHack. That, that requires a JVM, so we're good. <laughs> um, this one from Zen. <laughs> I like this one. What is your favorite texture and why is it fire blue? Ooh, um, <laughs> you know what? Fire blue. Fire blue is, is a is a 
you know what? Uh, it's it's a um, it's the hot sauce of Doom textures. It's an acquired taste. <laughs> it's it's a meme texture. I mean, I've seen good things done do with cool it in like fifty fifty shades of gray tall, where you're only allowed like gray tall and fire blue when you make your maps. But like it was, um, but like it's you good. get like you know the red and the blue as like those accent colors within the gray, and like mm. it, it's it use is like really really good. And um, yeah, but like. Uh, Fire, fire blue is great when you like, yeah, you need those splashes of color or making something surreal. Yeah, and a little like, bit of ab- abstraction. It's like, what is this? You know, for portals and yeah, which it, it's like it reminds you of like what what Doom's abstract intentions were. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like there's it's there's still like an artistic component to uh, Doom in some way that I feel was like lost in Doom Two a little bit. It's also great for destroying bit rates. Yeah, like, yeah, a whole lot of quantization <laughs> algorithms do not play nice with its constant color changing of primary <laughs> additive colors. Uh, but there's, um, but actually, my favorite texture is uh, support three. I like it as a um, as it's a, a mighty uh, fine texture. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a nice um, it's an it's an additive. It's a it's, uh, yeah, it's so versatile. It works with it, you know, it supports any other texture essentially you know for trimming yeah. off and transitions and you can slice it up into the 24 and 16 sizes so easily and yeah that's no, great it's a nice dark brown it's an accent color very without nice it being color. monochromatic it's yeah good. No, it's good I like very, it. very high quality texture. favorite texture <laughs> good answer good answer um jack uh, i like this actually um is just uh, saying said thank you Entrop, for the tools you have made for the community oh um, i hope they get more use don't thank me yet. <laughs> when I have taken over, when I have taken over like a a, a, a workflow, then thank me. <laughs> well, the fact that the fact that Jack you know, is is uh, you know, aware of it is um, uh, says that at least some word is filtered out. But yeah, uh, oh yeah, um, like I've I've seen deco hack the word deco hack pop up in some like places there just outside of Doom World, and I'm just like, oh god, people people are starting to use this, and then like hopefully they also make Doom Make. They also <laughs> use like Doom Make, so like. There's way easier ways to build projects. <laughs> You've dropped that one quite a few times. I think we'll we'll, we'll, we'll keep um, keep that in people's minds quite nicely. Do make, do make, do make, do make. Um, from Tony Tetris, um, what would you be doing if Doom didn't exist? I guess from a, a hobbyist perspective, but yeah. I mean, if Doom, if Doom the game didn't exist, I'd probably still be interested in map design mm. or level design in some like other games. Um, I mean, uh, my 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 real job is uh programming related um and i and i and it, it would make sense that i would still be a programmer because like i liked doing that when i was younger mm-hmm. so it was just like uh how do people make games oh programming well i gotta learn this and uh but then it was just like i should i should learn the you know uh, generic programming skills so that i can you know make mm-hmm. money because it's, it's gonna be hard like breaking into um i mean at, at this point now that i have like you know life responsibilities and stuff it'd be hard to do a career jump without something without the promise of money someplace Mm -hmm. so but like yeah you know it's it's, it's like you get hired as a programmer to do some like crazy multi-million dollar project and they really just need a quake c guy yeah (laughs) (laughs) we just need somebody who knows how to use we just need somebody who knows how to use all the range Yeah, shout out to shout out to the uh, the you know the team the Doombringer that I'm like working mm. on like the, we have some really really like I'm just doing like sound design for that and like light coding to make that work but uh, um, yeah we have like a lot of like talented um, mm. programmers like Rennie C and Recky and uh, they they're doing really well with like uh, doing all like the 
client server, um, net code yeah, that's got and stuff actually, like that, and making it really look really, really work really, really well. Especially I still need like to play. I, can, I, I can jump into a UK server and it still feels great. Mm, uh, I and all that I, other stuff. I keep forgetting that it's got deathmatch. I really need to give that a roll. Yeah. You should. It's free. Did you also write the the language that the enemy people speak in Doombringer? I did. Uh, so I wrote, okay. a, I wrote a constructed language <laughs> on the forbidden tongue. You are talking. And, <laughs> and, and, and I mean, it works as a spoken language, uh, uh, but like it's, it's kind of like, um, was it? I, I'd say like its inspirations are um, for, for, well, I didn't have to write the, the writing glyphs, but um, the morphosyntax is like uh, Korean in its syllabary, um, how like sounds and vowels fit together. Uh, Chinese with its like one word, one meaning type of patterning, and um, uh, I guess like sp- uh, Spanish, not so much. <laughs> I would say, oh no, maybe Latin for its um, uh, determiners and uh, verb tenses as uh, you know agglutinatives to the end of base words. So it's um, I'm sure yeah, word the, of the day com- it's agglutinatives. Arlene, pull that shit up. Can Arlene be like our Jamie? Or is like, pull that shit up, Arlene. <laughs> hey, Jamie, could you pull up that clip of like two giraffes fighting, man? That's, That's a hilarious. fucking good impression. Have you seen that? Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, well, uh, it's hard. It's hard to do that voice. Uh, do you want to? Do you want to actually um, ask your question that you typed out, um, Ty? Because it links quite nicely into that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you want me to ask? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. You're here. Uh, so let me remember what I wrote. Um, <laughs> so uh, you and I both share this ex- extreme fascination with linguistics. And uh, as a linguist, what are your favorite aspects about how languages have evolved and the information that they carry through time and the changes in adoption? This is a multi-part question. I'm sorry. Yeah. And, uh, and. All right. So we'll leave that as one question, and then the second question is, and then which language, either written or spoken, do you feel the most passionate about with that information? Ooh. Um, Bridge Bridge dipped out for that, because he's like, fuck this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is a different type of nerd talk. Um, Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, What fascinates me, I guess, about about language is just like how humans have kind of, I guess it's like how we think, like, uh, and, and like the... That there's like in it some kind of like I what was it like it's uh Noam Chomsky said it was like like innate like what was it called like innate innate like uh, grammar or something like that mm-hmm. where like or the universal grammar like there's there's a consistent type of pattern that happens in the human mind for conveying thought or like associating sounds and words to in to like illustrate thought so yes. The fascinating thing to me is like when when a um, like kind of like how uh, living organisms speciate. Like there's that there's that point in which they can't make like you know, if if they you know the, uh, conjugate right, a, they a, a coyote they and a, and a wolf can still make a baby like as, yeah, as all but, dogs do. But like yeah, but, but then like there's definitely this squirrel from this continent can't fuck this other squirrel and then make <laughs> like the, the make the squirrel. Uh, but so like, it's so like at some point there's like, uh, we can, we can trace the lineages of languages, but then eventually it becomes its own language, even though you can feel like elements from 
its predecessors. Like you, like a lot of the Romance languages are all based on Latin. If you know like right. vocabulary in one language, it becomes slightly easier to find like the vocabulary in another language, even if the grammar is different. Because like, like and like Latin had that like you know uh, the the um, conjugates at the end of like nouns and verbs to like mean like some kind of reflexive meaning or whether it meant like the or plural the or many of whatever and and like a whole lot of languages are like fuck that shit and we we have a way better way of like speaking but it's like it's a gradual process kind of like how how the internet has changed like like english grammar in some ways or like vocabulary or how we speak and and uh yeet is uh, now a word that i say and i blame the internet and yeah, <laughs> yeah you eat that. But we know what it means, <laughs> and that's like the and, and that's like the funny the, the, that's the funny thing about like even just vocabulary and language. But then the way the way people say things have an influence over like like some people are like oh I like the way that gets said, and then it just catches on to the point where that's how language changes. Mm-hmm. And then but like the the fascinating parts is like how did we get from Latin to French? How did we get from like Latin to Spanish and then or like or like Latin to Italian and then like it became right. Spanish and then and then it's like okay the Germanic languages are different like we went from Dutch to German and then but like English is kind of like a, the pigeon of Eng- both of all of those languages it's like yes. English does, is the most fascinating language like by because far. like I mean because, well, like, English is yeah, English like, isn't a language so much as three dogs in a trench coat pretending to be a language it, it's, it's, just, <laughs> it's because of like the uh, the Anglo-Saxon like imperialism it's like mm. we kind of like we want to adopt like in order to like you know, take over other nations and, <laughs> and <spread> Christianity. <laughs> we want to absorb your language into this language, which is yeah. it's easier to speak yeah. and whatever. And then, like, but then, like, then then you have like this mishmash of like nothing is ever pronounced the same way and across English flavors and no like, rules apply equally to you know to the whole language. There's too many exceptions yeah. to anything. Like even simple stuff like I before E except after C, and it's just like yeah. and science then, is a word. <laughs> and then you have like you know how like uh, like certain aspects of like uh, like uh, representation of like words and ideas between like Japanese and Chinese, like how like the, it's kind of like you have like the kanji in, in Japanese and like the way like the tra- uh, traditional Chinese stuff is like written and then it's like you look at the uh, uh, Japanese has like that like hir- uh, hiragana syllabary which is like oh we broke it down to like the syllables of like how, how you speak and like the, mm. and like you could write it out and everybody understands that even though there's like quicker ways to write it in like kanji but then like you, g- you take like uh, uh, Korean and then it's just like we've made glyphs on like how the mouth makes the sounds and then we've <laughs> turned those syllables into ways to mash together the syllables into words uh, or like or like the, the syllabary and then like other surrounding languages are just like we came up with our own writing methods mm. because fuck those guys and then like we had like there's like it, it's it just finding out those I, I want to say that like like probably when when communication wasn't this like widespread like the internet or whatever you you get um more more um specialization among groups of people and that's how like kind of maybe languages formed i'm not i'm not terribly i'm not terribly well versed in like the history of language but like you get more of that and then like when when you have everybody kind of like able to talk to each other they kind of like gather around the popular languages and like that stuff either becomes becomes like part of somebody's heritage 
rather than what is useful to speak. Mm. Like kind right. of like every like a lot of people are like learning English because it's the language of business. We want to, you know, make money and make trades with all these other countries and it's just easier to speak this language. But then like you have but then it's like, you know, I have enough people to be like, yeah, this language isn't going out of fashion. Enough people speak it. So it's and it's easier because my neighbor speaks it. And, and, and so it's it becomes like uh, psychology and, 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 and stuff. And it's just it's just a oh, man, it's it's like a big <laughs> like I'm not talking like so like nerdy about language, but it's it, and like how it translates to computer languages. And I like, think this is the most like, excited you've been on podcast. <laughs> yeah, and it's like and like computer languages. And it's like how did how did people think that like typing this? shit out like could easily be parsed into this language and and it's like why do we why do we want things like written <laughs> this way because because we want things like you know to address all sorts of memory but then like now memory is pretty virtual and we have like garbage collectors so we have no need for having something turning complete and all that other stuff so we just have everything abstracted as objects and and uh do we want to care about memory usage no we want some other process to clean up all the shit that we don't that isn't used anymore and <laughs> and do we need to have language around that and even like when i wrote like i like, was writing deco hack it's like i have to make Make sure I, people can like edit like things like state by state or like or, or things or weapons or what have you but then like not in an abstract way like decorate does because it abstracts all that away but like i still want people to be able to hack all the little things so what kind of language do i have to or like, or like what kind of keywords do i have to like incorporate in that language in order to allow that and still have mm -hmm. you be able to read it yesterday and mm -hmm. or like the day after depending on your view of time and <laughs> and if you live four dimensionally or whatever i got the accessibility and uh you have to and uh and do you do you understand what you've written before and is it still followable uh and, you know so um so like i don't know it's 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 fascinating you should write a book <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I've asked my question. I'll, I'll elaborate <laughs> on it in a, in a later podcast. <laughs> that was that was an impressive, uh, passionate spiel. I love it. <laughs> uh, you should um, um, you'd, you'd get on well with Susie Deans, I feel. Um, yeah. this one's from your mate Jimmy. Um, a serious one now. Um, after mm -hmm. lock and troll, uh, after writing and develop, delivering uh, your know, twenty years of Doom modder video, uh, did you come to any uh? Striking uh, realizations that you could impart to any young fledgling mappers today um, who could potentially do well to follow the same philosophies. I guess, yeah, any, any, as a result of that, that thing, you, you know, that 20 years of doing modder, what, right. was there anything that came out that, like, this is kind of like Entrop's rules for mapping? Uh, uh, I mean, I guess people? it was like, that whole talk was like, I guess, more what I learned about making stuff rather than like mapping in general, or like the specifics of, of like the Doom or Doom related things. But um, which was the intent? Like, I was just like, oh, I used Doom as the backdrop of that. But I guess I one thing I, I really wish I kind of made a little bit more clear in the talk. Looking back, was so like I said, I was kind of like motivated by. Or, like, people, a lot of, like, creators are motivated by validation. Like, that feeling of, like, oh, I exist in the world, and this is how I exist, and and um, and uh, uh, make something that, you know, other people... Like, it's my method of communicating with, like, the world. This is what I find fun. How about you? Um, one thing I really want to... I guess I guess really should clarify is that you know even though even though the need to be validated was kind of like a driving force for 
me, it's not it's not that way for a lot of creators because like some or, or I mean, it is for some, but like it's not not really for a bunch of other people. If you should you should want to you should want to do things like uh, mapping or modding because you like doing it, mm. and and like you shouldn't do it in order to <laughs> get fallen the good graces of another person or group, or you shouldn't do it to like you know receive something in return. It's like it like that just like naturally happens if you. If you like, you know, talk to other people that like doing that sort of thing. Yeah, that's all, that's a positive side effect. But yeah, um, yeah, hundred percent. First and foremost, do it because you enjoy it. Yeah, like if you're passionate about anything, you will you will find people that want mm. to make use of that passion. Yeah. Um, or like you know, in in uh, in either uh, uh, good ways or bad ways. <laughs> um, but but at the at the at its core, you should want to like doing that mm. because um if if you're because like if you're if you're doing it to get something in return what happens when you don't get that thing in return you're just mm. going to be resentful and bitter or even if and, you do get it what next like you've got the thing that you said yeah like, that too you know uh, is that the end like of the I, journey i worked all my life to get to this point and then once you reach that point it's like it's well like, what now <laughs> yeah but um, like but, there's always so, a higher yeah. tier of aspiration exactly. Yeah, but I mean, like, it, it's, you know what, when I go on vacation or on trips, I don't plan a single fucking thing. Mm. I don't. Me. Because, like, <laughs> I found that the times that I do plan, if those plans fall through, or it's like, oh, I want to be able to, like, accomplish this when I'm, like, here or whatever, or, like, go to a, some sort of party, oh, no, that party canceled. If it's, it's like, if that happens, then it's like, oh, I've ruined my vacation. Mm. I put expectation on it when I should be enjoying myself, when mm. I should be, like... Because, like, when I go to, like, um, yeah, like, uh, independent uh, game conventions or, like, you know, just talking a place where other developers meet and I get to pick their brains and, like, I don't even be, like, I'm not even, like, I want to meet up with this person. Mm. It's more, like, I hope they're there yeah. and then I run into them yeah. instead of, And that would be cool like, uh, and that will be cool if it happens, you know. Yeah, and it, and it and it's happened a couple times because, like, just everybody's, like, kind of, like, hovering around the same spots. But then, but it's, like, if you, you can't put those... It, like like hard expectations on it because like then then the uh, if you set your you know expectations too mm. high of course you're just going to be like oh that sucked oh, i'm never doing that again but like i don't know all the, all the times that I've, I've i've been doing those sorts of things and not um putting any expectation in mm. them i've ended up enjoying my time because then it's always it's always good it's yeah. always fun mm. it's uh and then you meet interesting people and then it's like, hey, you you, you want to get dinner? Yeah, okay, whatever. And I and then I'm with this group, and then and and uh, and then like you know, you, you might end up like just either hovering around the same people, or it's just like, oh, I'm gonna talk to those people over there, or just like you know, just hang out someplace. And then it's just like, oh, you're the I recognize you. You're the guy that did that thing. It's like, yes, I am. And then you get to talk to that guy. Mm. And then and then uh, some sometimes you just like just meet people through other people because those group those people know other people and the people in those groups shuffle out. And so, um, yeah, like, uh, no, do what you like and try not to have any major expectations mm. because that that's mm -hmm. the surest way to become bitter about mm. about like you know the your work if like you know you go into it with like a like a a, a selfish a, a, like a selfish mentality um you should you should you people ideally should be doing things that they enjoy doing and then 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, I if, think, that, yeah, that's if, the... if that's your primary motivation, you do it because you love it, you'll keep doing it. You'll keep wanting to do it. And then anything that comes additional to that is just yeah. bonus. It was like, sweet. I was already having fun and enjoying this. And then this good thing happened as well. Wow. Cool. Let's just but keep doing like this thing because I enjoy it. I'd like to point out, though, that it's hard to even get to it. Sometimes it's hard to like even get to that state or like maintain that state because, you know, responsibilities happen, you know, real life, mm. jobs, money, keep a roof over your head, food on your plate so that you can keep doing what you like doing. Mm. Um, so like it's uh, I mean, yeah, so so it's uh, are we getting to like, know. like what's the core of human happiness kind of level? <laughs> we are. We're kind of like, yeah, the, the, the question for the it, philosophers. It, it, yeah, we're we're kind of like getting getting towards that because like you know not everybody can like say like you know maxims or or other proverbs that really are just a different way to say do what you like and mm. then everything falls into place. Yeah. But like we know life isn't exactly like that. I mean, going back to I think what I said at uh, the the Motherload podcast, the Into Keep podcast, <laughs> Ty. Was um yeah it's a it's it's a cycle of like it could be like a cycle of uh, a luck and choice and then those the uh, the um where you it's luck first and then those open up choices and then you make your choices and then it filters back into luck and um, I, yeah I had a very a similar con, experience cycle with yeah. uh with QuakeCon twenty nineteen um mm -hmm. I I wanted really badly to go to the Kennedy assassination site while I was there. Like, I was really? like, I'm not going to be in Dallas very often. Like, I really want to go see that. And in hindsight, I didn't um, because I was so busy hanging out with people and networking and meeting awesome people like yourself and, and devastation. I'm like, so I could probably go back and see this. That site's never going to go away. Not in my lifetime, most likely. But like, no, I'll never get another chance. The going to stay there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll never... Uh, I'll never have that opportunity to like sit down at a dinner and meet you and devastation and human bones and do, and like just yeah. have that human experience ever again. And that's far more rewarding. And, and as, as we're doing right now, like has had a better impact on my life and like career than seeing the Kennedy assassination site ever would have. Hmm. So like, I re like my, my family wants me to like, like go to those like tourist places. Cause like if, when I go to a maze in, in Berlin, sometimes I'm just like 15 minutes away from Checkpoint Charlie, like the middle of the mm -hmm. Berlin Wall. And there's like, you know, it's a chunk of it still standing. And it's just like, okay, well, I get to, you know, do the tourist stuff and be like, oh, this was a part of history, which I really should. I mean, it happened during my lifetime. The fall of the Berlin Wall happened <laughs> during my lifetime. So I was just like, I really should like be like, oh, what was it like here? And then, but, but like, I know people that have lived during that. And, and I, could, I could always like talk to them about that because I feel like, yeah, the human... The human aspect is like what I really, really like. I mean, and uh, do I really want to do the tourist shit or mm. do I want the, a unique experience? So it's, right. it's, um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, at some point, if I start settling down or whatever, I'll do all the tourist stuff and hopefully because those things are still around to see and, and learn about. But it's, um, but yeah, at this point, I think I value, especially, especially during, this pandemic where everybody's <laughs> all separated not to date this whole interview but, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, but uh it's um but it's like i think yeah the uh, it's, it sounds sappy but i think yeah human connections are far more important now than ever and um it's it's just a miracle that we're able to 
talking this way, mm. like video. You can see me, you can hear me, and like we have technology that makes it really easy. Smell you too. Yeah. Wait, I shall. We'll be able to smell each other in the future. Smell a vision. But like, oh lord! But then like, but that's um. But yeah, it's it's uh yeah, com- like communication's important, especially between people and in person because I feel like yeah, the things are beginning a little bit more um mm. like a little bit more hostile because people are just like anxious and like when are things going to be back to normal and yeah, there's a bit of, there's a bit of tension like, out there in the world for sure. Yeah, there is. And like I mean, and a lot of uncertainty, but like um yeah, I mean it's important. Personal connections are very important. Mm. And, and, uh, even as speaking as somebody in like a very tech field where you, you, where there's a a little less humanity than I hope, than (laughs) I hope there to be. But like, um, I, I, it's, it's, yeah, the, the connections we make with other people are important. Got a couple more. Uh, first, it would um, be great to end there, right? <laughs> that was such a beautiful. Was. We could, but uh, but uh, I, I've been looking at this comment since it was written, and from mm. um, Alex saying like you're talking about your bike tie, and she said, "Yeah, she mentioned <laughs> that you fixed it, and then it broke. <laughs> no, it broke. Yeah. You fixed it, and then it broke again the next day. <laughs> yeah, it's that. Uh, ju- it's the oh. joy of the journey, isn't it? Joy of the journey. Yeah. 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 Yes. And um, Nate asked, what beer, what beer are you drinking at the moment? I am oh, drinking, um, uh, I'm drinking uh, Watercolors Abstract 3 by uh, Skygazer Brewing Company. And cool uh, come on, I gotta get my reading glasses. That is, One sec. Th- that is the most American bullshit craft brew sound. <laughs> ever heard oh, of. it's, yeah, listen to this. It's, um, it's a Berliner style Weisse beer. With banana, strawberry, orange, marshmallow, and milk sugar. <laughs> it's about five five point five percent alcohol by volume, but it's uh, it's like it basically was like drinking a beer smoothie. <laughs> it's it's really good. Like it, it like good. I, if you've been like watching the whole stream and be like, oh my god, that's really opaque. What he's drinking from? Yeah, it's like it's like a fruit pulp in it still, mm. and it's uh, but it's delicious. Well worth it. I was very jealous. Um, it's almost time for me to crack something open. Um, is there another one from Alec? And I think this is the final question. Um, mm-hmm. What is a game that you like, but people that people wouldn't people you know that wouldn't expect you to like? You know, is there something that you like that confounded you know your friends? Like, what you like that? Lemmings. Lemmings? Oh, fuck yeah, I love Lemmings. <laughs> yeah, Lemmings is a great game. Fuck yes. It's a, it's a fantastic game. It's a puzzle game, but it's like, you know, real-time puzzle. Um, I, 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 at some point, I found tools to make my own Lemmings maps, and I did that mm-hmm. like a, lo- a long time ago. Um, Cust Lem, I think, is like the build and the uh, the um, editor. But yeah, I actually replayed, started oh, replaying. I actually started replaying Lemmings uh, earlier this year, and um, I need to get back to it because I fucking just it was so much fun getting back into it. And um, that game gets really hard. <laughs> oh my god, really difficult. <laughs> so yeah. fucking nasty. But and actually, there are still uh, custom little editors around for that because um, one of the one of my mods uh, in the Hellforge he was. Um, Got all got all fuzzy about it as well. So, ah, oh, lemmings, and started making custom lemming max and like putting doom textures into it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's great. But like, yeah, it's um, I, I I at some point I wanted to like make my own like lemmings clone. Uh, but I was just like, oh my god, there's 
a whole lot of other stuff that I want to do as well. well so how so can you improve? Like, how can you improve on perfection? Oh yeah, like it's <laughs> it's. Uh, then the people and the people that made Lemmings went on to make Grand Theft Auto. Wait, really? Yeah, DMA Design. That's so quite DMA Design made Grand Theft shift. Auto, and then. And then like, and then Grand Theft Auto 2, and then they kind of like turned into like Rockstar, and then, but of course, like all the original people are are not there anymore. Mm. After like, you know, they kind of like found like a new niche. Like they were a publisher for a while, and then there was like Rockstar North. But then like, you know, as, as, as things change over time. But yeah, it's it's very very funny that like the people that made Lemmings went on to make Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, that's 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 wild actually. That's quite a that's a yeah. that's a hell of a fucking. Yeah, you know, left turn to <laughs> game design. It's, it's like the the story of how the guy who made all the Hanna Barbera edutainment games went on to make Postal. It's, <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, what? What? Hmm. Oh. oh yeah, fuck yeah, Lemmings. Lemmings is good. Um, which I think that is also a good point to end on how awesome Lemmings is. Um, no, yeah. thank you, uh, M Trop, for um, taking the time. It's actually ended up uh, a nice thick. Uh, podcast and uh, yeah, uh, thanks again to Ty for uh, jumping in and, and hanging out with us as well. Um, yeah, thank you guys for having me. I I feel like I jumped on. <laughs> like, no, no, it's, oh, it was great. I, um, I should do it definitely. Uh, uh, if you see it um, this happening, feel free to bug me and come and join us uh, for any future ones. Um, I think it was great. And yeah, uh, yeah, like I said before, I'm dropped. Yeah, you're a um, a journeyman, a stalwart of the Doom community. One of the the kind of pillar people that quietly holds the up the community i think and um you're constantly oh, contributing you're kind. no yeah I'm, you are uh, too kind <laughs> with that with those words um, um yeah i no, mean like i just I, like I, I i just oh man praise I, I i still can't take praise very well, well i just have to say i thank promise you. yeah i'm not gonna I, this will be the last time i praise you i'll go back to insulting you um yes yeah, just, just pick apart all my work <laughs> it's all shit um, um yeah no it's it's, it, it's cool yeah. talking to someone with that kind of foundation foundational kind of experience with doom almost making content from almost from day one you know it was only a couple of years after doom came out that you started um fucking around with it so um, thank you very much for your time. Uh, it was an thank absolute pleasure. Me. And uh, there was actually yeah. one thing I wanted to end on, um, mm-hmm. actually end on, and um, uh, might interest you. And that is that uh, Mapwitch 3 will be starting up uh, at the end of the year. And uh, I've already talked to Jimmy about this, and we're going to be using the Adventures of Square resources for it. So if you want nice. to pitch in a map and... Um, uh, join in um, we'll be making an official announcement probably in about a month's time but I thought I'd just slip that out for the podcast viewers um, Mapwitch 3 is coming and yeah Adventures of Square will be um, the we'll be using your SDK for that because that's one thing that I think I'm really surprised by is that Adventures of Square hasn't had more community content um, so we're gonna I think it's because of like it's still kind of like in an unfinished mm. state but there's like enough there for people to make stuff exactly. in so we so really it's... need to like release like a, a resource pack on top, like in a later mm-hmm. version, just so people have more stuff because that'll end up anyway in the final product. But yes. like, yeah. Um, so um, yeah, uh, maybe this kick is... start things. Hopefully, that's 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 part of part of why uh, I wanted to mention yeah. it. So if, if we can build on some excitement around Adventures to Square through that, um, I mean, last time Mapwitch Two had almost sixty people um contributing so i think we can build up a bit of buzz and it's going to be a lot of fun so hopefully you can take the time right. and uh, i'll be def- looking forward to playing what happens uh, what, what people make yeah you know it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun so um uh thank you again for making adventures of square or you know being a big part of that that dev team yeah um, I'm, I'm, i i i help yeah I, help I, I, I hang i hang around i hang around um <laughs> 
yeah uh, thank you all for watching um and uh yeah thanks again to mtrop and ty um we'll uh see you next time cheers